The Versecast is part of the Heroes Tavern community. Join us at HeroesTavern.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Versecast, the Star Citizen podcast. My name is John Abraham. Caleb could not be with us again this week. We hope uh, he's tied up doing some other stuff. We hope uh, we'll have him back soon, though. And in the meantime, I am Gleep, and this is episode 16 of the Versecast. And today is February 2nd, 2015. Proof, John, that yes, there is life after football. No way. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. So, how was your Super Bowl, John? It was good until the end. That's the most <laughs> disappointing play I've ever seen in my life. I don't even watch football, and that was just mind-blowing. Yeah. What yeah. was that? I don't know. I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, but my ev- gosh. Everyone I talked to says exactly the same thing you did. It was insane. I mean, even the commentators were like, what is that? Why did they do that? <laughs> Well, you know what? Um, I I haven't been much of a football fan the last few years, but uh, in years past, I was uh, I was there every Sunday, and uh, there were a lot of years where Super Bowls were pretty anticlimactic. You know, uh-huh. it was just watch them for the commercials, and if uh, it if it's not a blowout, then uh, you consider it a um, uh, a good game. And I guess uh, this game did not disappoint. No, it was it was pretty exciting, and uh, right there at the end, you know. It felt like the Seahawks were going to bring it back and win, and then they did, they did that horrible thing, <laughs> and they lost. Well, yeah, because um, like, don't they have like the best uh, running back in the league or something? Was it Marshawn um, Lynch? Is that his name? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, right. one of my friends, I had a friend over that uh, he's a huge Seahawks fan, um, and he was upset. That uh, the time was running out and they were down a few points. Uh-huh. Um, and then they got the ball back. And it seemed like they were going to win. Um, and then they lost the ball again. And I, he almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you got that on video. Because, you know, that'll come in handy later on when you need a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that time at my house when you got all weepy eyed? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, football is done, and so uh, we would like to give all y'all something to do with your Sunday evenings. Um, so Sunday nights, we're going to try to make a point going forward uh, to having a those guys with ships um, arena commander festival. Um, and so, uh, how we're going to work it, I think, uh, is you know we're, we're busy with our website doing some stuff, so um, stuff we can't really uh, announce yet. But in the interim, how we want to do it is just get you folks to join uh, our organization, uh, the those guys with ships organization, um, and then uh, as soon as you do that, I will accept you and I will follow you, so that when I'm in Arena Commander, I can see you there. 
uh, when we're getting ready to play, um, well, follow us on Twitter, too, um, so that when we're getting ready to play, I can send out a tweet or John can send out a tweet saying, hey, we're getting ready to go into Arena Commander. Anybody want to come out and play? And then at that point, if you're not already uh, in the game, log on, and uh, we will invite you to do just kind of whatever we want to do. We can uh, we can do some Vandal Swarm. We can do uh, some Battle Royale if folks want to uh, uh, mix it up with their teammates and um, just have some fun. Because I, I think th- I think the game is, is pretty playable now. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, obviously it's nowhere near uh, done. It's I you know I would argue it's still not even uh, alpha yet uh, by Chris Roberts' standards, but. Um, it is uh, it is fun. Uh, Tandemonium and I have been playing quite a bit. Um, well, we, we played uh, two or three times, and uh, we've we had a good time. So I um, want to invite everybody else to join us. And um, and uh, so, how about we do it like that for a while? And you said Sunday night. Sunday nights, yeah. So I'm um, I'm Pacific Coast, so I'm thinking I'll probably be out oh like seven o'clock my time. So. Uh, hope for you folks on the East Coast. That's not too late. And maybe John, if you if you have an opportunity to get out earlier, you can go out too, and and uh, we'll just uh, uh, see if we can get more folks in the organization together and playing with one another. Yeah, for sure. Excellent, excellent. So, um, big shout out again to uh, Ronald Jenkins. Um, 103 degrees. That's the title of the track. That is the intro, the current intro and outro. Uh, to our podcast. You can check him out at ronaldjenkies.com. And you know, since last time, John, we got a couple new members. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We are 20 members strong now. Dang. Um, we <laughs> Yes. Um, and we'd like to thank uh, Mr. Hacksaw, who uh, this very day put us uh, over the uh, 20 uh, member threshold. Um, earlier in the week, uh, Mr. Darth Rich joined us, um, and the the mechanic for joining uh, is kind of kind of hinky. It's like once I accept you, I can't go back and look at what you wrote uh, on your application. Um, but I know uh, Hacksaw added some nice stuff about the show and his uh, desire to play with all of us. So I want to give him uh, uh, props for that. Um, Darth, if you wrote something nice, um, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to read it before um, we, we punched the button. And if you said something mean, then, well, we never read it. So That was maybe. my fault. Uh, well, I didn't know about the the comment section or... It's not easy to find. I mean, it's like you have to be kind of clicking around and then there's you one of those little... Uh, ubiquitous triangles, and you click on it, and, and yeah. the the, uh, the text will drop down. But yeah. uh, it's really easy to miss. So I've accepted but, a few people, so I apologize to anybody that left like a really nice message, and I totally skipped past it. Yeah, yeah it's um, uh, we're not we're not ignoring you because we're ignoring you. We're ignoring you because we're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we'll blame this one on the website. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's uh, Turbulence' fault. We'll blame it on them. <laughs> All right. Well, um, and we also got a couple new uh, members to Heroes Tavern. Uh, uh, Umaroth joined uh, this last week, as did Warden. Now, uh, Umaroth, I know, is uh, a member of those guys with ships. Uh, Warden, I'm not so sure about. I mean, folks have different names for you know different games and different websites. So um, Umaroth, I know uh, because he's uh, he's been active on uh, on the Twitter with us. Uh, but Warden, uh, if you've joined to play Star Citizen, it's great to have you in at Heroes Tavern as well. Um, and if you join to play some other game, you know, welcome. You know, we're uh, we're game friendly. 
Multi-game friendly. Multi-game friendly. Yes, indeed. Um, John, uh, how is uh, our new Minecraft server going? Do you know? It's going pretty good. 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 There's there's a bunch of people on there playing. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So if you're into Minecraft, you should come check us out. You can play. Uh, we have a like, twenty slot server. Uh, so yeah, just uh, come over to HeroesTavern.com. We have the IP over there and stuff. So you'll never know who you'll meet over there. That that's how I met John, and and uh, and look what happened. Yeah. So. So we're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast. Yep. About Star Citizen. Uh, yep. Outer Spice. <laughs> so anyway, come come check us out. Post in the forums. We'd love to have you. Um, and speaking of the Minecraft server, we got a listener email from Andre, who, uh, as I mentioned before, is Umaroth. Um, and he said that he enjoyed listening to the last episode while playing Minecraft on the Heroes Tavern server. And he also shared something else very exciting, which we will get to a little later on in the show. So, tease, tease, tease. Mm. Yeah. All right. And, man, the, the Twitter has been blowing up. It's just been going crazy. And we really appreciated everybody. And if um, I got a list here, and if your name's not on the list and you've been participating, uh, please forgive me, but I'm doing the best I can to uh, keep up on this stuff. Uh, the Signal followed us. Uh, we got a couple of uh, some Twitter love from Darasan, from Ken from Chicago. Jimmy has been a, a frequent Twitterer. He uh, sent some... Uh, information. I guess he's a Southern California guy, and so after our little chat last, <coughs> excuse me, last week about uh, mine and Mrs. Gleep's uh, vacation, he sent a recommendation for um, a cool-looking place uh, not too far from where we were staying. So I want to give Jimmy a shout out for that. We're definitely going to check it out next time we're down that way. Uh, First verse problems has been favoriting a lot of the stuff that we've been putting out. Um, again, Andre uh, Razy R A Z E Y. Uh, he's been uh, been sharing some of the love and uh, Dan Nichols, Star Citizen News. I'm sorry, uh, Citizen Star News, uh, Tandemonium, and Doctor Flux. So thank you everybody for um, for hitting that like button and uh, the retweet button. We really do appreciate it. Um, and speaking of uh, Twitter contributions, uh, the Signal added uh, today that uh, they uh, were referring to a question we had had. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was, about uh, the Star Citizen timeline. And what they said is that the timeline starts in 2944, uh, which is a thousand years following the end of World War II. So um, I think that makes sense um, uh, compared to the math we did last time, if I'm not mistaken. So that would make this uh, 2945, right? Right. Right. Because the the date in... Star Citizen corresponds with the real world date. Right. The last digit. Right. Yeah. And okay. and even the day. So oh. I think I think like today is February second. I think it would be February second in game as well. Oh, do they have different names for the months or something? Like do they call it, you know, like uh I don't know, what would you call it? Something like, you know, Space Puppy Month or something? I don't or? know. That's a good question because our time system is based off of our planet on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. So, does the the entire you know universe doesn't go off of the same time? Would it? Well, uh, we are the center of the universe, right? 
Well, yeah, we're the we're the only place that humans exist. <laughs> we're the only place that counts, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting question. We could uh, probably look that up. We might have to uh, go into that scary corner of the website where all the lore folks hang out and uh, see if we can get some information on that. But yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, if you're listening to this podcast and you know the answer to that question, reach out to us in one of the many ways we will uh, um, uh, talk about later and uh, give us the answer and we'll uh, we'll talk about you on the air. Um, and then uh, Darasan asked, uh, what planet is going to be your home at, at the start of the game and why? So um, uh, what do you think, John? Where do you want to start at? Well, how many places can you start? That's an excellent question. Um, I think that there are going to be the five landing zones that we know about. Um, there was that one that was uh, uh, like a crater. Um, I think Nix is like a crater in an asteroid or something. Um, Terra I don't know. is one, know. isn't it? I'm sorry? Terra? Terra, I believe, is one. And yeah. uh, Earth. So... I guess I haven't really thought about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough question. Um, I, I don't know. Think... I I might just start at Earth. Yeah, well, I guess you know. It also it depends upon if we're going to get to be different uh, races. I mean, we may be there may be several humanoid races. I suppose. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to play Vanduul or Jean uh, at this point. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Stay tuned, Darasan. We'll figure that out as we go along. But uh, um, I kind of I kind of like California. I think I may start here. <laughs> the weather tends to be nice. <laughs> I think I'll start in the Caribbean. But hey, and, there you uh, go, and just stay there. Yeah, just dream big, dream big. <laughs> All right, um, Ken from Chicago asked, or he said, uh, "Hey, nice show." Um, oh, I guess he did ask. I'm sorry. Uh, and he said, "By the way, what was the concept ship that one of the co-hosts just bought?" And I believe what he's referring to is the Jean Cartual, which I picked up uh, during the limited time sale. Oh yeah, uh, before before the last time we recorded. So that's probably what uh, I he was referring to. Um, but it has been a long week, and it was a really neat sale. So um, there's gonna, there are other changes in the uh, in the Gleep hangar <laughs> to discuss <laughs> later on. Um, and finally, uh, uh, Tandemonium sent some uh, sent a link to some excellent Vanduul concept art. And I know, John, if you can bring that up and take a look at it. But these ships are awesome. Yeah. And I don't know if they're just ships or if they are also, like, space stations or what they are exactly. But it's very um, Dune-looking, you know? Very, uh, in the, and I didn't, uh, I know we were talking about the, the Dune universe uh, last week. I did not go and, and research uh, all the races and whatnot um, having to do with that since then. But um, it's, uh, it's really cool stuff. And so if you want to see really cool stuff, be sure to uh, follow us on uh, the Twitter. Because uh, when stuff like this comes by, I always uh, retweet it. So... You can share in the joy. Okay, so that's enough of Twitter for now. Um, 
Um, and we talked about we want to play with uh, you guys and so how we're going to kind of handle that as an interim solution. Uh, we did get some iTunes reviews, and I think, um, uh, John, you did talk about um, uh, one of these last week, but uh, I did uh, want to make, we, and we agreed that we had forgot to uh, look for sometimes. So I just want to make sure that everyone that has uh, left a review gets uh, recognized. Tam Demonium did put out uh, um, a nice uh, uh, comment there, said he's loving the podcast, keep up the great work. Archness said, nice to hear different opinions. I think that's the one you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then E Mountain said, it's an entertaining way to keep up on the SC verse. So I agree. Um, and then following, finally, following up uh, from last week, uh, I had said that Chris Roberts had made the comment that he knew or that CIG knows how to do everything. They know how they're going to um, develop everything that is in the current plan. And I think I said, well, I know I said that he made that comment at BAFTA, and that's not correct. He actually made that comment in his interview with Steve Burke. So we definitely want to give uh, Steve Burke at Gamers Nexus credit for uh, getting that uh, bit of information out of uh, uh, Mr. Roberts. So, ah, I think, I think the housekeeping's done, John. We've only been podcasting for like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a new record. <laughs> I blame the antihistamines. Uh, man, I don't know if, if you guys can tell, but I've just got just I've got a vandal swarm in my head. That's what I got. <laughs> man. Oh. So, um, um, Nike will take me away. All right. So on to the official stuff and. Uh, like I mentioned, we did have the limited ship sale, which has ended. That was rolling up to the change in the VAT taxes. So um, there was uh, quite a bit of cool stuff out there. And uh, we've gotten word of uh, a couple of uh, those guys with ships members who have added some stuff to their hangars and wanted to share that with everybody. Uh, Umaroth, who I mentioned uh, earlier, was on the Minecraft uh, server listening to the show. Uh, he he picked up a reclaimer. He went large. He went large, and uh, uh, I'm very excited to uh, to uh, to have one of those in the group. I think it's going to be a, a very a very cool way to play the game. What do, what do you think about the reclaimer? Uh, I think we're going to do some major reclaiming with that thing. <laughs> some reclamation. Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, well, he said he was on the fence whether to get that or to hold out for the Orion, but he he was thinking about you, John. He knew that you had your heart set on the Orion, so he went ahead and pulled the trigger on the uh, Reclaimer. And so uh, that's very, very cool. It's very well, exciting that folks in the group are um, are gearing up to, uh, to play with us as much as we're uh, wanting to gear up to play with them. Yeah, I love the idea of um, utilizing others' ships, you know, Mm -hmm. If uh, obviously if people are willing to do that, yeah, which I totally am. I I think it sounds awesome to you know somebody has a certain ship that we can all utilize, and then if you know, like if I get the Orion, then that'll be the mining ship, and we'll we'll use that for mining. But then we'll need somebody to haul it away, so mm -hmm. you know it all mm -hmm. fits together, so we can you know work together as an organization more. Yeah, absolutely, and I, th I think that the, the game, as they are designing it, is really focused on encouraging team play. And, yeah. you know, sh ships like that uh, do 
you know, they really do require a team to play. You can, I think for a lot of the ships, you can substitute NPCs, but, um, you know, it, it will be, there's always going to be a place for somebody that, you know, doesn't have a ship at the moment or somebody that wants to go play with somebody else. There's going to be something for them to do. Yeah, that was one thing I didn't understand about um, Guild Wars 2 when they were mm-hmm. pitching it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the trailers said, like, no healers, no DPS. And, yeah. uh, okay, that's fine in a certain sense, but in another sense, it doesn't really force you to use teamwork. Right. Um, right. Which is something that I really like. Like in uh, Battlefield... Um, Everybody would be dead if there were no assault class with the defibrillator. Right. Uh, um, and, you know, not everybody has that ability. And yeah. it makes it, you know, they all fit together so that everybody's doing something different. And that sort of dynamic is really fun to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember when they came out that that was one of the things that they uh, said a lot is that they were breaking the Holy Trilogy. Um, you know, the... Uh, the, what was it, the uh, the command control DPS, I forget what it was, but, you know, basically your tank, your healer, and your DPS players. Yeah. But, you know, and it's like, well, okay, okay, well, that's exciting, let's give it a try, but it's like, well, maybe that wasn't broken. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know. So, anyway, there's going to be a, a, a good opportunity for all of us to uh, to go over to the other guy's ship and, and play over there. Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, fly your ship over, and we'll have a play date. Yeah, excellent. Um, Tam Demonium, uh, he upgraded his to a Mustang Delta. I think John, you helped him uh, with the. Uh, to, he uh, picked out the Mustang Alpha. I think is that what uh, the ship you helped him pick out? Yeah, you know? just because I don't like the Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> well, he upgraded to a Delta, and he and I have been uh, playing in Arena Commander, and I think he likes it. I know I like mine, um, and they, they're they a fun ship to fly. Uh, but he also picked up the Drake Herald, which I think is very cool. Um, he was kind of uh, interested in the, uh, the idea of being able to do more stealthy stuff, I think. And uh, so he's got that, so it's nice to have uh, an info runner in the group. Um, and, uh, Didn't you have one of these? Past tense, John. Yes. You had one. I okay. had one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but more about that later. Um, and uh, there's some fun stuff coming up about, uh, we're going to discuss a little bit later about the Herald. Um, so uh, I think you'll want to stay tuned for that. And then you, John, you upgraded to a, a Mustang Delta too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, ha- and how are you finding it? I like it. Yeah. Um, I was having issues earlier last week. Um, tons of things weren't working in my game, and yeah. I thought it was normal, but uh, I found out that uh, it wasn't, and I'll talk about that more in the uh, what we've been playing. But uh, but yeah, I've been using my Delta, and I'm really liking it. Cool. And uh, you did a complete uninstall and, and reinstall, right? Yeah. And, and that seemed to help you. Yes, it like fixed everything. Now, something that I noticed uh, in uh, in Windows, I went to the control panel, and I don't see Star Citizen listed as one of my programs. Huh? Um, and I know now. I know I've done a couple months ago. I did a complete uninstall and reinstall, but I used the uninstaller on on the menu. 
on the Star Citizen menu that gets installed when you uh, install the game the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just curious if um, maybe, I don't know if that has something to do with it's, you know, because it is an alpha, they probably haven't rounded out uh, the stuff that it writes to the registry or, you know, maybe there's like some final, you know, presentation package stuff that isn't included yet. But uh, just noticed that and was wondering maybe if, uh, how you, or was going to ask you how you uninstalled it. Um, well, I wasn't really thinking when I uninstalled it, <laughs> so <laughs> I just went to my drive where I have uh, all my games uh-huh. and hit delete on the folder. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, because I went, I went to the installer, or the, uh, the launcher, to find an uninstall thing, and I didn't see it there. Hmm. Um, so maybe I missed it, um... But uh, I didn't think to look at my programs because uh, usually when I uninstall games, it's in Origin or Steam, and I usually just right-click and you know uninstall or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but now that you mention it, honestly, after I hit delete on the folder, I said, "Dang, I should have deleted it from the programs programs in my control panel." Um, but now that you say it, it's not showing up in my list either. Okay, well, good. I'm then glad. I mean, I'm glad it's consistent. I'm not glad it's not there, but you know, I'm yeah. glad it's consistent. So, all right. I mean, you know, it's in alpha, so that that's fine. Yeah. Um, and they do they do provide an uninstall utility, so um, don't delete that. <laughs> you may well. I guess you can you can you can go the only Jonto route and just you know, just uh, set the entire thing on fire. You know. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> that's probably not the best idea, but. <laughs> That's right. That, that directory is just a dark crater in the hole in the ground now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and then finally, yes, I I made some more changes. God, I love this game so much. It's like you know, it's it's kind of like you know making you know buying new models and making the models and then flying them around and then getting excited about a, a, another new model and um, and uh, getting it. But the nice thing is is that you can take the old model and you can turn it back in for credit. Yeah, and what I love about it is you spend like $150 on a ship and uh-huh. then you melt it down and then you're like, oh, I want to get this. It's only like $10 more. Yeah. But after you've done that like 15 times, you yeah. end up spending like $300. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I'm I'm in quite a bit now. <laughs> yeah, but um, I um, you know, I was uh, I was looking through the uh, ships that were on sale as part of the uh, uh, limited time uh, offering, and uh, I was really taken by the Redeemer. And I knew from uh, last week we were talking about that uh, Chris had mentioned in uh, Ten for the Chairman episode fifty that they were putting on the finishing touches for it or they were busy uh, developing it for inclusion in arena commander 2.0 so that kind of uh, that kind of uh, sealed the deal for me because it's got it's got the whole modularity thing going for it like the uh, uh, the redeemer and uh, the cutlass um, but it also um, uh, so you it's, it's a it's a long-range bomber is what it is uh, but uh, you can remove the bomb bay and make it a, a, a heavily armored cargo hauler. I'm assuming that you'll be able to also uh, put in, uh, like like the Reclaimer has, or I'm sorry, the Redeemer has the um, uh, the troop uh, compartment in the back where you can do use it as a troop transport. So I'm assuming you'll be able to put something like that into 
the uh, re uh, the reta retaliator. Jesus, the retaliator, so that um, you can um, uh, use it as a large troop transport because it certainly it has the armor, it has the weapons. Uh, so I just think for um, for group play, it's going to be a very versatile and um, a, a fun ship. So yeah, and it it looks like you have. A ship bigger than mine now. Uh, only by 10 feet. Or 10, <laughs> 10 meters. meters. 10 meters, yeah, so 11 feet. <laughs> or no, what, I, I can't. 30 feet. 30-some 30, yeah. 30 feet. Yeah, Muppets don't do metric. Um, <laughs> so Eight-person um, crew, wow, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, so it's, and, and the... the and I think it'll be fun, you know, a little, the little bit of uh, War Thunder I've played, um, the part about it that I like the most is the, are the bombers, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to, um, to uh, use it for that too. So anyway, I picked that up, um, I, I effectively removed myself from medical school, I mean, I melted my cutlass, so um, that's, uh, that part's gone, but you know what, again, the modularity sort of saves us there, is because you know you should be able to use, you know, pop uh, a med bay module uh, into uh, the redeemer, or it, you may be able to even uh, turn the uh, retaliator into a heavily armored hospital ship. I don't know. It's like there's just like a huge, a huge space there that you can uh, plug a lot of different, different themed uh, components into. So. Well, yeah, and I think one of the biggest objectives that you'll make for yourself in the game is to get more ships. Yeah, yeah. At yeah, least I, that's that's one thing I'm looking forward to. That's kind of why I want the Orion mm -hmm. um, or a, a Taurus like I have, um, so I can either get some mine, uh, mine some stuff or ship stuff to uh, make money uh, right off the bat so that I can eventually get the ships that I really want, like in Idris. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, you got to have some startup capital in there to get the tools to um, uh, to make the money to mm -hmm. uh, to uh, get the stuff you want. So, uh, so that's it. Um, I'm done. Uh, no more ships ever, um, except maybe for the Misk Reliant when it comes out. Because God, I, I do love that Gian styling. You know, like yeah. the Cartuol, and that's going to be a starter ship. So uh, it'll likely I'm thinking be for the standalone ship be 35 bucks mm -hmm. so I may be able to turn in my uh, aluminum cans and and uh, and work up uh, funding to do that so um, let's take a look at the sale um, was it a good idea did it make money and if we look back at um, we we passed seventy million on the twenty third, which I believe was when the sale started. That was uh, they passed seventy million when they were at Pack South, and they are now we are now almost at seventy two million dollars. So um, I think it's pretty safe to say that that the, the sale sale brought in almost two million dollars. So. Um, I think, and it, and there was nothing new. There were there were no new ships. It was just all um, ships we had seen before. Um, so can you imagine, like, if there had been something like uh, the Orion or um, the the Hull Sea? I mean, you, you and they weren't think, LTI either. No, no, they've. Um, and I forget what what the story is around the LTI and why they're not doing that any anymore. But well, I think it's a one time thing when the. Uh... 
um, when the concept ships first come out. Right, right. So these, since these were being re reintroduced, uh, then that doesn't really apply. Mm-hmm. But I know for the Retaliator, I got two years of insurance uh, with it for free. So two um, real time years. Well, that's what it says. It says two years. Wow. Um, well, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can, uh, I can forget to uh, make that payment for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that's um, yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick up the Endeavor. I mean, I, I kind of um, set aside the uh, the medic uh, role. You know, my desire to, to play the medic role right off. I think I'm more interested right off in uh, in doing you know sort of group uh, combat stuff. Maybe it's like some bounty hunting or stuff like that. So. Um, we'll see. Anyway, the the kind of the big picture is that the the ships, the the two major ships that I have are uh, both modular and uh, hopefully easily configurable to to do a variety of things, such as the group requires. So um, that's kind of it for the sale. Did you uh, did you make any other changes, John? I know we haven't talked since then. No, that's the only thing. That's hmm. That's all I uh, am willing to put forth monetarily for the time being until the Orion is announced. Which is supposed to be pretty soon. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah. But I'm also hoping that it's not ridiculously priced because I really want one. Well, how much was the Starfarer was um, like 175 something like that? Mm-hmm. Which is not crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's a big ship, so... I don't know the re- the reclaimer. I believe was three fifty. Is that right? Yeah, I think re- the reclaimer is three fifty. The Carrick, the reclaimer or the Carrick was the most expensive one. I think that was on sale. They've re- they've uh, removed the sale from the uh, from the website, so I can't see what they were. But anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, you might want to uh, get your checkbook ready because uh, I think it's coming soon there. Yeah, I, honestly, I might melt down my Taurus for it. Really? Yeah. Really, but won't you? You'll be able to play the Taurus in Arena Commander, though. That's you should true. be able. You should be able to. That's true. You know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, I, I you melt down your real life car. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I don't know. You know, maybe if you can like where on the RSI website you melt down a real world car but <laughs> I need store credit for this please <laughs> uh, well okay so um, anyway last time we talked about the uh, the PU town hall that they had at Pack South and we kind of hit the high points last time and I did as I promised I would go through every single minute of all the presentations and boy oh boy there was a lot there Glad I did. Very entertaining. Um, so first up, they uh, they talked about uh, and they called it Star Citizen version 1.1. And I and I didn't understand. I think that they mean Arena Commander. I hope they mean Arena Commander um, because I don't know. Do we even have a version on Star Citizen at this point? No, I don't think so. And based on what they're saying is in here, I think they yeah they meant Arena Commander. Well, or you know what? Maybe they're calling it Star Citizen 1.1 because it's going to include um, Arena Commander and FPS. Since 
it'll include the uh, the FPS module. Well, it's yeah, include yeah. the social and the FPS modules, and I I think that those are different enough that they want to keep those keep them distinct from one another. Uh-huh. So maybe that maybe that's the deal. But anyway, I think it's the it's the uh, the next major revision. Yeah. Uh, I think probably they might be switching to whenever they talk about a version, mm-hmm. it's just going to be referring to Star Citizen as a whole. Okay. Okay. Um, since they are putting the FPS module and the social module in, um, I don't think they'll be updating those separately. It's all going to be one thing. Okay. Uh, so maybe, yeah, now they're just referring to the game as Star Citizen and Arena Commander is a thing inside of Star Citizen now. Yeah, well, because, you know, to this point, Arena Commander has pretty much been the only thing in Star Citizen, except for the hangar module. So. Yeah. Um, okay, well, um, anyway, it's going to contain the social and the FPS modules. And the social module, I kind of at first I was like, you know, eh, well, whatever, you know, that's... Uh, you know, I sort of imagined it like, you know, the social module as being like uh, a major city in any MMO, you know, like the, the major city that people go and they just like hang out and, you know, put make their character dance while they go, you know, mm-hmm. dinner, that kind of thing. Um, but um, it's I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be actually a little bit uh, uh, better than that. So they talked about uh, the multiplayer hangers. And I don't know if you remember from last time we uh, we had that graphic of the menu in the elevator, um, where and then one of the options. I think the reason I pointed it out was that one of the options pointed to Area 18 on Arc Corp, and so we were we were, I think we were discussing is this going to be like the magic elevator that shoots you off to different parts of the galaxy. Um, but it's also not only is it going to shoot you off to different parts of the galaxy, it's also going to shoot you off to your friends' hangars. Which is uh, is pretty cool. Um, so um, all of your your friends and friends are different than contacts, and they they they, they stress this a couple of times that um, right now because of the limitations of the website, you can only they're only setting people up as contacts. Um, so you decide whether you want to follow the other person. Um, and see when they're um, available. But when you get to the point where they actually have friends, when they have a, a friends system, then it's going to require an invitation and an acceptance so that you don't have, you know, you, you're not going to be able to just like spam people that don't want to have anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's going to be, so anyway, that elevator is going to accomplish quite a bit. You're going to be able to visit your friends' hangers through that elevator as well as go planet side to, uh, to uh, see the uh, the different uh, stuff like Dumpers Depot, that I believe that's Arc Corp, um, or that's Area 18 on Arc Corp. Um, so, but that's how that's going to work. Um, and there's going to be in-game chat, which um, uh, in one of the other panels they were talking about how that is going to be the only thing that is sort of kind of hinky from a realistic perspective or it's not the only thing I'm sure but um, it's pretty glaring it's going to essentially there there's going to be you're going to have faster than light communications like I can be in a star system you know many 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 hundreds of light years away and still talk to you um, and the way that they're kind of handling that I think in in game is that all of the jump points I don't know if you remember from the persistent universe demo uh 
there when the when the constellation first comes out of the jump gate or right before it comes out of the jump gate there's like a little satellite floating there mm-hmm. and that thing is an information drone i believe and that is going to be able to facilitate communications through the jump points so Ooh. that's kind of the i think that's the way that they're kind of explaining that you're going to be able to uh, communicate with your friends no matter where they are in the universe. And the reason, obvious, the obvious reason they're doing that in-game is because people would do that anyway using TeamSpeak or Mumble or, or some yeah. other you know, exterior um, uh, program. So I, I kind of like that because it's going ma- to make it so that we don't have to rely on a, on, on a, on a, a comms package outside the game uh, because it would really kind of because some of the the cool stuff that they're going to do in the game, you know, like where uh, you're going to have the surround sound in large public areas, so it sounds like you're really in the middle of something. Um, if you're using TeamSpeak instead, then that's really going to compromise that, you know. So if you have the the um, uh, I think he referred to it as faster than light, the faster than light comms in the game then you can be in the town square hearing all the conversations going on around you like they are actually around you. And then, you know, like perhaps like it is in Grand Theft Auto where you're able to call a friend on their cell phone. You know, you can get that call from the other star system where, you know, you say, hey, my my mining vessel is full. I need someone to come escort me back, you know. Yeah. So so I think I think I think they found a good solution to that problem that was kind of placed upon them by the the real world reality of of exterior comm packages Mm -hmm. so i'm surprised uh, they're talking about this stuff you know multiplayer hangers and um uh in-game chat already it seemed like that stuff would be a little farther out um well the um the part about the multi uh about the chat came in one of the later panels and they were you know they were just really brainstorming on stuff you know they were talking about pretty much everything that they had in the works you know everything was sort of uh a fair uh fair game they didn't um they didn't uh, uh they weren't speaking of it in the in this in the context of uh, star citizen 1.1 oh, okay were, they were talking about it in terms of their vision for the game yeah you know so. but multiplayer hangers is coming in 1.1. That, that will be a part of 1.1, I believe, yes. Uh-huh. Um, so we will have the Willy Wonka elevator in that. <laughs> yes. I like that. Does mine have a chocolate waterfall? I have a chocolate <laughs> waterfall in mine. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have to just guess which button you have to push to get where you want to go. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I think we. I think with a Moby Glass, we're not going to have to worry about that. Joe. No. <laughs> Um, and so then uh, the they did a little bit of talk and they showed some demo about uh, in one of the subsequent panels about the um, planet side environment that you're going to be able to explore and shopping. Uh, you're not going to be able to buy anything just yet, uh, but you are uh, going to be in, able to interact with uh, uh, items using your Moby Glass in just some incredible, incredible ways. Um, they have. Um, 
what is it they're uh, they're calling it augmented reality so I guess which is sort of like the Google Glass wasn't the Google Glass supposed to be like um, augmented reality where you could be walking down the street and tell it that you want to know all the restaurants you know uh, Yelp reviews on all the restaurants on your on your current block yeah that it would like pop that up mm-hmm. so it does stuff kind of like that um, we'll get to because um, they did a design doc on it so we'll get to that a little bit later on that it's um, has quite a bit of so uh, we'll just be able to window shop for now yeah just window shop you get to look at weapons you can look at um um uh stuff for your ships um i, I believe that we're going to be able to and they're getting rid of the hollow table which i've never been able to get to work um and we're going to be able to configure the weapon loadouts on our ships using the moby glass so that's going to be i'm looking forward to that um, and they gave a, a, a quick tour um, showing the, a, a medical unit where uh, when you die or when you're, you know, you're very badly injured where you will respawn. And it's just pretty cool looking. So um, then they, uh, they talked about the, um, the, uh, the jump point uh, R&D concepts, which were the wormholes that we watched the video last week. So um, we've already talked about that. Um, and then they went over the landing zone uh, uh, landing zones that they currently have planned, or they went over three of them. They didn't, uh, at least they had some concept art for three of them. Uh, the first one being Nix, which is uh, a crater. That was the one I was talking about before. It's a crater within an asteroid. It was a former mining colony, and I think things have kind of gone bad, or, you know, I don't know if the mine has run out or what have you, but anyway, it's apparently like the sort of uh, uh, the place where you want to go conduct... Uh, um, illegal business. That's I don't know if it's like going to be like a pirate uh, hangout or, or what, but or. it sounds like it's it's like it's not a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's Virgil, which they didn't really have much to say about. It was just uh, uh, they just had a very cool graphic of it. And then Helios, which is a water planet that has a walled city with a really cool statue of like this Poseidon like looking character. And that there are, um, because it is a water planet, you, you saw Interstellar, right? Yeah. Yeah, you remember like that, that huge wave? Um, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, um, spoiler anyway, alert, there's a huge wave. There is a huge wave, so um, <laughs> uh, bring your water wings. Um, uh, anyway, this, this uh, planet Helios, um, that's something you got to worry about. Um, there the uh, the walled city i guess is one is one of the few if not the only refuge from this uh, these waves that sort of roam the planet so i think it's it's pretty cool and the it's graphic kind of they funny had how it's like identical to interstellar i wonder if this is some kind of like scientific concept that is you know generally conceived of or if they both just got the same idea at the same time or what yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they did uh, they did make reference. I remember Chris when he was talking about the jump point uh, concepts, the wormhole concepts. He was talking uh, about, or he mentioned Interstellar and said he kind of liked the way that they they did that. Although it's completely different than what we saw for mm-hmm. Star Citizen. Um, but I don't know. I, I remember something about reading something or hearing somewhere that the reason there are these huge uh, tidal waves on Helios is because it has several moons that are orbiting like crazy fast around the planet. Um, but 
what so which you know screws up the tide tables or what have you so well maybe that's just how if if there was a planet that just had was covered in water completely yeah um maybe that's just how it works there'd just be one tidal wave going across the entire planet continually yeah it's like it's like a giant water park in space yeah <laughs> cool well we can go there and uh, according to uh, if if you're going to believe the concept art, you can also surf these waves with your Mustang Omega. So oh, there's no that's pretty boards. sweet. Yeah. Um, and then I included a uh, a graphic in here of uh, of a Jean. They showed uh, they showed this image, and I I don't have it on the uh, maybe I'll tweet it out. Yeah, I'll tweet it out later. But um, or you know what? You can just go watch the presentation. That's uh, that's even better. Uh, no, no, no. I don't want to push through that. I'll tweet it out. I'll tweet it out. Uh, but it looks like a turtle, dude. It looks like you know, it's like a like a like a turtle, like without a shell. It's like like sticking it. <laughs> except it, he appears to be standing upright. So like it was like yeah. an, up, an upright turtle guy. And uh, and I actually I was was uh, looking up on. Uh, on the internet, and Xi'an is actually, and with that spelling, is actually a, a city in China. So that's sort of interesting. Huh. Yeah. I thought it sounded kind of Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I was pronouncing it like it was Chinese, so I'm, I'm kind of happy to learn that I um, I wasn't too far off. Um, and uh, so that was kind of the end of the of the uh, the first presentation. Uh, then, sort of following in order on the comms link or the comms page from the RSI website where you can find all this stuff if you want to investigate it further. Uh, they posted a fan, another fan spotlight and this time it's the um, uh, another volume of the voice attack profiles and so we, there's um, check it out if, if you're interested. Um, I, I gave it a quick listen through and um, uh, my favorite was the female German AI voice. She was uh, she, <laughs> she, she was pretty brutal. Um, but there was a there was one that was done uh, in French. There was another one, um, a couple that were done, you know, like with sort of the the ubiquitous uh, uh, British or English butler type voice, you know. So it's you know the usual stuff. But anyway, it demos the, it shows what you can do with the software. And for seven bucks, I think it's. Uh, it's a pretty handy thing to, to add to your your peripheral arsenal. Does it speak Klingon? You know, I I'm sure it probably does. God, how cool would that be <laughs> if you could get it to understand Klingon and speak Klingon? Yeah, that would be awesome. You, it, you'd have to learn how to speak Klingon first. Well, remember there was, and I, I think it turned out to actually be one of those, you know, internet legends that wasn't true, but there was like a a, a little boy that went to kindergarten, was like, what, five years old? Yeah. And, he, and his parents had only sp- spoken Klingon to him. <laughs> um, you know. I wish it was true. Well, it's, it's horrible, you know. I mean, for, for the child, it's horrible, you know. It's yeah. a horrible, horrible example of child abuse, but, you know, it's also kind of like, dude, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> So if it's not true, kind of happy for that. If it is true, there's a little part of me that goes, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, if his father, uh, I mean, obviously he needs to speak his native uh, language first. But uh, um, if he mixed in some Klingon here and there so that it was probably the type of thing where his father spoke Klingon so that he, he used certain words so often 
that his son didn't know that they weren't English, that everybody understood. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he was probably, like, mixing it in there. Like, when he would say hello to somebody, he was, you know, saying, I can't, I don't even know what, <laughs> I don't know any Klingon. Yeah, um, well, let, let, let's hope Let's hope for the little fellow's uh, sake, if he does actually exist, that uh, he's mastered a few other, you know, important words like cheeseburger and uh, <laughs> Pepsi, you know. <laughs> and Star Citizen. He needs to know Star Citizen. Yeah. I actually just watched... Uh, the documentary Trekkies on Netflix. Have oh, you seen that? Yeah. You know what? I don't think I have. Is it good? It's pretty good. Um, it's pretty crazy how far some people take the whole fandom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a pretty big Star Trek fan myself. But yeah, it's a, it's a good documentary. Did it, did in it did in the movie did they have the time on Saturday Night Live when William Shatner when they did the skit where William Shatner is speaking at a Trekkie convention and he like tells everybody to get a life? No. Oh, that was that was I think um, a, sort of a seminal moment in Trek history. Whereas um, it was because like you know William Shatner's a pretty funny guy. Yeah. Know? And and so there was I don't even remember what year it was, but he. Did a he was a guest host on Saturday Night Live and he did he did uh, they did this skit where he's addressing a convention and everybody's you know like giving him the you know the live long and prosper and everyone's wearing their pointy ears and their you know their communicator badges and all and uh, he just says you know you guys are like in your thirties get a life <laughs> <laughs> well that reminds me of uh, Galaxy Quest yeah exactly it's kind exactly. of a, an entire riff off of that. Same kind of joke, yeah. 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 It was pretty funny. All right, well, um, so yeah, check out the, uh, if you're at all interested, check out the um, the Voice Attack profiles. It's on that comms page on the, uh, what do they what do they call it? Uh, I should go to the, yeah, it's the comms link page, or the comm link page. It's on the RSI website. So, um, next up, so they, they took the, at the, Back to uh, San Antonio, they had the what they called Persistent Universe Panel 1, and the title for this panel was The Path You Choose. And uh, so it was, um, I don't remember the exact cast of characters. Chris was on all the panels, and I believe so was uh, uh, Tony Zerbeck. Um, the, the other uh, participants uh, sort of seemed to change from panel to panel. Uh, but they, they talked a bit about, you know, your, your character and how... Uh, you know that's going to develop for you, or how you can develop it. And they said that uh, the characters are going to be highly customizable. That uh, you know your, your gender, your physical appearance, the clothing—it's all going to be um, a very high level of fidelity. And they've all—and he pointed out, I, I think, if not in this panel, in a um, oh yes, it was in this panel. They said that, that the current model we see in our hangar is nothing like what we're going to uh, see in the actual game. That. Uh, it's because um, you remember we saw I think last week there was at the end of around the verse they had that one art sneak peek where they they showed the video of the of the guy like doing jazzercise or something. Uh huh. Um, so that's what it's going to be more like. Except there's going to be obviously there's they're not going to be like a you're not going to look like a, like a uh, like a GI Joe with your uh, with your clothes off. You're going to you know actually have um, uh, you're going to have clothing. You're gonna well, yes. We're gonna have clothing. Uh, it is T for teen, um, and also you're gonna have a pretty high fidelity level of um, uh, facial and feature 
definition. Um, they're using because they're using uh, real life total body scans to actually create your character. So they're doing a bunch of stuff like with Andy Circus's group uh, over there in the UK. I think they are um, where they're doing all the the mocap and then also. Uh, they're doing um, stuff with facial recognition where they're they're mapping how different face characteristics work together. It's just, you know, it gets way, way nerdy at that point. And I just kind of like zone out and just smile and, and think, yeah, it's going to be cool. Well, did you see um, the rise of the planet of the apes? I did. Or was it or was it Dawn? I can't. I, I think it was Dawn, the most Ooh, I, recent one. I saw the second one, yes. Okay, yeah. Um I got it on Blu-ray, and I watched uh, the behind-the-scenes. Mm-hmm. That stuff just fascinates me. Like, when they show uh, the raw scene, and then afterwards when they put the CG in, mm-hmm. I just I just love watching that stuff, because it's, it's incredible what they can do. Yeah. Well, that that was Andy Serkis' group that did that, right? Yeah. Andy yeah. Serkis is uh, Caesar. Right, right. But it's his company, and using that that kind of technology um, that anyway, they're leveraging that, that knowledge and uh, they're partnering with that company to make our, our characters in the game. So yeah. Plus they have their own um, motion capture studio. Right. Right. Which I believe they're, they're, they're doing in conjunction with, um, with uh, those guys. Was it Imaginarium? Is that the name of the company? I think that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, um, anyways, suffice it to say, we're gonna the, our characters are gonna look a lot better. They're going to um, they're not going to walk uh, three quarters of an inch off the ground. Um, and uh, I thought this was kind of interesting that they're they said that body size when you configure your character, create your character, that your body size is going to be constrained by cockpit cockpit size. So you're not going to be able to make just like an enormous character because then they wouldn't fit into the ships and they and it needs to be it's not going to be like you know uh, a um, a game where you know you just you, you go stand next to the ship and then click a button and then all boom you're inside of it and everything's uh, you know everything's hummy chucky you actually have to be able to get into the ship which I thought was kind of a cool idea, you know, it's like that it needs to be, you know, to, to sort of keep that level of realism, you have to, it has to, you have to be a reasonable size, you can't be like, you know, nine feet tall, you know. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, I was like, you know, well, what if you create a character that is seven feet tall and weighs 400 pounds, you know, like, <laughs> what if you want that to be your space trucker, you know, uh-huh. Maybe that's your guy that all he can do is drive a hull C, you know. And he and has it, stains all over his shirt. Yeah, he's like smoking a cigar, and uh, you know he's, uh, you know, drinking coffee like there's no tomorrow. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think that would be cool. I mean, I kind of get where they're coming from, but you know, it's like you know, maybe maybe it's possible that not everybody needs to be able to fly every ship. Yeah, know? and then if you try to get into a Mustang, you get into the seat, and uh, you can only fly straight down. <laughs> Just like you, you climb in and the seat creaks. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would, that would be cool. You know, because you can't you can't pull the 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 wheel back far enough. I'm thinking of like like an airplane, <laughs> like yeah. an airplane. <laughs> like you can't pull pull it back because anyway. <laughs> That's right. You, you got to have room to work your stick, John. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, um, and then uh, I did post um, an image uh, to Heroes Tavern earlier this week of uh, a sneak peek uh, uh, Facebook uh, cap from Sandy Gartner of the Simpods. And those are going to be added to our hangar soon. And the reason for those is that they want to kind of in, increase the level of immersion um, in the transition from your hangar to Arena Commander. So as we were talking about last week, Arena Commander is actually a simulation within the game, within the, the greater simulation. Um, but to sort of um, uh, solidify that, that uh, uh, definition, uh, you're actually going to crawl into this pod, which will then be sort of like your... VR simulation within the game or within the your simulator for the simulation. Yeah, so do you think this will take away the functionality of getting into any of your ships and launching Arena Commander? Oh, it, no, it replaces it. So you okay, go Okay, so it replaces that and hitting escape. Correct. So and, okay. and they said they were trying to get away from the idea of, you know, like you're ready to go your your character's in your hangar. Your character is existing in your hangar. Now my character wants to go um, uh, uh, play in the flight simulator in Arena yeah. Commander. So instead of hitting escape and selecting Arena Commander, you're going to, to climb into this pod, and then when you get in the pod, then a menu will come up and you, you choose the simulation you want to um, uh, participate in. So I'm guessing that's how we're going to access the FPS module also. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that that is. So... And then the elevator is going to be sort of similar, too. It's like you want to leave your hangar, you go to the Magic Willy Wonka elevator, and then you select where it is that you want to go. It'll be interesting to see how it is that they do the animation for that, you know, whether, you know, it goes to, you know, it fades to black, or um, I, I can't imagine it's going to show you actually getting to your friend's hangar. But anyway, I mean, I think they're, you can't have everything, I guess, uh, but they're trying to, where they can, uh, make the immersion more um, uh, thick. I, I think they're, they're they're doing that, and this seems like you know an, an easy solution for that. I mean, they could have just left it, you know, where you you just hit escape, bring up the menu, select this is what I want to go do. But that's yeah, at not... least for now. But yeah. but they're incorporating that immersion right off the bat. I is very cool. Yeah. Um, and then they said in our in our hangars we are going to have a, a ship elevator structure, and it's based upon what Tony Vzervik said. It's based upon a real life Japanese system, uh, where uh, I guess, and I, they, I'm guessing they they're, they're not using this for spaceships in Japan. They're probably using it for automobiles. But I know that I've heard that Jerry Seinfeld, who's like kind of like Jay Leno, he's a real big car collector. Mm-hmm. He has a brownstone. Uh, home or building in New York City that he gutted the inside of it and installed uh, an elevator system for parking his cars because he has like, you know, he has like every Porsche ever made. Um, And so we're going to have something like that in our um, uh, hangar. So where instead of having to jump in your buggy and like say that you have, you're one of those uh, people that has every single ship. Um, instead of having to jump in your buggy and drive all the way down to the very end of your hangar to get to your um, um, to your Jean Cartual, you just go up to a menu interface and you select that ship. The elevator thing descends, and then you hear a bunch of you know whirring and gears and whatnot, and it calls your the ship that you want up to your 
your central location. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. I kind of like the idea of the giant hangar, though. I do, too. But, and I kind know. of miss how big it used to be. Like, I bought my gray cat because I needed it. <laughs> I know. Well, I miss they took, they took like, the uh, the jumps and the, you know, like, the, the, the flaming ring thing. Yeah. They took, they took that all out. I don't know why they did that. And the, the shooting range is gone. The shooting range, too, yeah. yeah I, I, guess, I guess we have to grow up sometime, John. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I, I don't. <laughs> um... And so then, uh, yeah, so um, that's that's going to be coming soon. And uh, they were talking, after getting the Retaliator, I became very interested in will it fit into my hangar. And so they were talking about uh, ships that would and wouldn't fit into hangars. And the they said that the Retaliator would fit into hangars. They, they, somebody made the comment that it was the largest current ship that will fit into hangars. Uh, but there was another comment that was made, I think Chris made it last week in 10 for the Chairman, where he led us to believe that the Starfarer, which I think is bigger, uh, would fit into the hangar. Anyway, it's... That sounds uh, like the name of a show, you know? Uh, <laughs> last week on, will it fit into my hangar? <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like sort of a, an interstellar offshoot of Biggest Loser or something. <laughs> Uh, we're we're going to get this ship down so it'll fit in your hangar. Uh, <laughs> we're going to chop off your Idris into like four parts. It's gonna, that's right. We got modular. We got modular. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, but and the, but the, what they did say is that the obviously the capital ships like the Javelin, which I think is um, some of those capital, the big ones like the um, the oh gosh, the uh, maybe the the. The jump, uh, what was it? Jump eight ninety, the, the luxury yacht. I, I forget. It wasn't the biggest one, but I think like the Hull C and the um, the Javelin. I think some of those are are bigger than three hundred meters, and those definitely will not fit into a hangar. But they said they they haven't nailed it down completely. But there's going to be some sort of a mechanism in place where you take a shuttle to go get it. Mm-hmm. So um, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, and then they talked a little bit about what um, existing in the social areas is going to be like. And uh, they said that you're, they're going to allow guns. You're going to be able to, to take your gun into a social area. But if you get out of line, then uh, there's going to be consequences for that. So they talked about that if you pull a gun on somebody in a regulated area, that um, there will be um, stun drones or there will be like you know some automated police presence that will you know knock you unconscious you'll you'll wake up in a jail cell and uh, you may lose your right to carry a weapon um, in that city for 24 hours or and if you're a repeat offender or if you kill somebody you may I guess it can get to the point where you're actually banned from coming back to that particular area so. Unless that person is named Greedo, because yeah. nobody likes him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, but I'm pretty sure that that uh, that character name is already taken. So what? Uh, <laughs> it would have to be. It would I think any Greedo deserves to die. <laughs> yes, all Greedos must die. <laughs> um, I don't mean to offend anyone with the name Greedo. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, Greedo, we're just kidding. <laughs> Unless you're the real Greedo, then you yeah. just you should die right now. <laughs> That's right, fake Greedos, we love you. Real Greedo, boo. <laughs> okay, and um, then Chris said something interesting. He said, you know, that I 
so they were sort of making the distinction of griefer and you know talking about what you know what would happen to griefers and people that you know they were their only fun was making other people's you know day not fun and what Chris said is because all of this stuff is going to be instanced if you get that you know as your reputation develops and I, I really don't understand how the reputation mechanic is going to work yet um, but as your reputation develops if you develop a reputation as a griefer when you get removed uh, from an area or when you go into an area you're going to tend to get instanced with other griefers so if you so if you play nice you know then you're going to actually be you know instanced up with um, nicer people unless I mean I guess this is sort of assuming that you're not you you haven't selected that you want to go to a uh, to a, a bad you affirmatively want a bad people experience you know but that if you're just hanging out going shopping maybe going to a bar and you know I'm sure there's going to be like some equivalent of of, uh, of soccer or um, uh, football on uh, the 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 view screens at, at bars. If you're just going, you know, want to hang out with with friends and, and watch that sort of thing, then you probably be. If you behave well, you're going to be able to do that with other similarly well-behaving uh, folks. But that if you're um, a habitual bad behavior, that you're going to get instance with uh, folks that uh, also have a, an attitude problem. So. Well, GTA Five does the same thing, actually. Oh, do they really? Yeah. How does so, that work? Well, if you're if you're if they find out that you're hacking or cheating or something um or you know constantly killing people whatever um they throw you into a lobby with only other people that have been tagged for that wow um, and i think it's based on like a time period like after a while they'll put you back into a regular lobby oh um, okay but i can only imagine what those lobbies are like cuz there's probably you know, all those guys are like hacking in tanks and blowing people up, and then they get thrown into the same lobby with other people doing that same thing. So it's just a bunch of you know Sherman tanks going around Los <laughs> Santos, blowing each other up. Well, you know, I mean, I'm a Northern California guy, so that doesn't bother me too much. <laughs> <laughs> happens every day. Yeah, it happens every day down there. Uh, just kidding, kidding. <laughs> um, I love Disneyland. God, I haven't been there in so long. I need to go. <laughs> Okay. What does this have to do with Disneyland? It's in Southern California, John. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought so you were I, talking about the tanks. No, I, I need to make. I need to keep my passport uh, active so I can go to <laughs> Southern California. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so anyway, um, oh, and then, then they spent some time talking about uh, the, the design mechanics and how they're dynamically constructing some of these areas or how these areas are sort of alive. Um, and how the landing zones, it's not going to be like every time you go to the landing zone, it looks exactly the same. Things are going to change, you know, and, um, you know, like in some MMOs, like every time you go to a particular city, it, you know, it, you know, it, it looks ex like the last time you were there. I mean, I know Guild Wars 2 has done stuff where the major cities would change, like with the holidays and stuff. Um, or I know in um, one particular city, um, they had like a uh, some catastrophic event where it was destroyed, and so it changed at that point. But you know, those were really mark marked events. It wasn't you know sort of a dynamic thing that was happening over time. So I think one of the examples they said is that if the economy starts to head south in a city, 
um, and unemployment increases that you'll begin to see signs of that like um, you know more uh, like people you know passed out drunk in the street or uh, graffiti on you know shop windows and stuff like that so it's going to be you know a, a subtler application of, of, of change uh, that is you know kind of intended to keep it more realistic so that's pretty cool um, and then they talked about missions and how they're um, they're not going to really have a rigid definition. Um, you will be able to access them through your Mobi Glass, um, but it does seem like they're um, it is going to be kind of uh, it's going to be clear whether you're doing good guy or bad guy stuff. Um, although I suppose if you're a mercenary, um, you could be hired by either a good a good group or a bad group. So uh, you probably if you're looking to do that, keep an eye out. Um, and that the occupations that they mentioned, and I, they didn't by no means uh, do I want to uh, suggest that th this is a complete uh, set. Um, they talked about pirating, they talked about exploring, which they were kept referring to as pioneering, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, mining, search and rescue, mercenary, in other words, kind of like being a hired gun, bounty hunter, salvage operator. Um, I think their point was is that there's just going to be a lot of different things that you can do, and it's all going to be skill-based. So um, there's no prerequisite for getting into any of these, but if you want to master them, it's going to take some, uh, some time and some work. Um, and the mining occupation I thought was really, really interesting. He went into some detail about um, how the, the mining uh dynamic was going to work and it sounded extremely complex and I think I sent you a link to that point in the presentation John so did, did you get a chance to uh, to uh, take a look at that yeah I did um, and it sounds pretty awesome uh, so there's a bunch of different roles that you can kind of do to get the whole mining thing done uh -huh. um, I'm, I'm wondering if there's gonna be a way to do it just by yourself um, but what they were talking about is there would be a pilot who's flying the ship, uh, a scanning beam operator who is uh, looking for the ore, mm -hmm. uh, and then the the mining beam operator who is you know actually mining, um, and then the cargo loading operator who uh, is uh, kind of corralling the the ore that has been mined using like tractor beams and stuff uh -huh. to put it in the hold. Um, and then the refinery operator who is breaking down that stuff into stuff that can actually be sold. Right. Um, and the cool thing they were talking about is I can't, I can't remember which role this, I think the scan, yeah, the scanning beam operator, um, has to make sure that the mining beam operator or maybe it was that guy that has to make sure, but um, somebody has to make sure that they're not putting too much force on the asteroid that you're mining from. Oh yeah, um, right. Because right. it can cause like earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. And and if you and even if you put too much force on a certain material, um, if it's it can be something that can like explode. Um, yeah, and even yeah. if something like that is in that asteroid and it's on the other side, if there's like an earthquake or seismic activity, it might rub against it and cause an explosion again. Um, so they have to be scanning for what's inside the asteroid and, and making sure they're not putting too much force on it 
because then it might break apart and then you know pieces of that could come off and destroy maybe you're near a station or something yeah. um and it could damage it or could damage your own ship yeah like there's geologic pressures inside the asteroid that right if you if you don't disassemble the asteroid appropriately or or in a in the proper way that you it could come apart and then create damage to whatever equipment or um uh stuff is around it so yeah so the asteroid isn't just a giant bunch of polygons um with you know some stuff mixed in there that you can mine and sell it's actually a giant rock uh that you can break apart in pieces yeah. Uh, kind of like more along the lines of Minecraft, right? Except that, except unlike Minecraft, you can't. You have to. You have to disassemble it in the uh, correct manner. Um, otherwise, you, there could be some dire consequences. Yeah, right. This is like if Minecraft had random TNT blocks. Exactly. That when you destroy the stone block that's right in front of it it lights on fire. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to blow up in your face. Dude, there should be a mod for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I you know, but it's kind of getting back to what we were talking about with uh Andre and his uh, uh reclaimer purchase. I mean, how cool is it going to be to like get a group of us together to just go mining, you know? It's like everybody's yeah. gonna, everybody's going to have to have to do something, you know? And uh, I think they did mention that you can do most, if not all, of these um, roles with NPCs, but that um, kind of in general, um, uh, the uh, players, actual players, are will do a better job of it. You know. Or... Well, I think this is just one way of mining because they've also shown the mining bots, which are kind uh-huh. of like those spider things with the like the spherical whatever yeah. body um yeah yeah and i feel like those things are kind of an all-in-one type of deal uh i don't know i i i feel like there's probably multiple ways to go mining and this is just one way that they've explained uh, obviously it's somebody like shooting it with a laser pieces break off and then the tractor beam operator pulls them in mm-hmm. um so yeah, I think it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I think so, and, I, and I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, tr- being able to, you know, try out all of these different things um, um, with other people. I mean, it's like it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not going to be, you know, hey, can you come help me do this thing? Can you come do something that sucks for a while so that I can do something cool? It's going to be, hey, let's all go do this interesting thing together. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that was pretty much the end of the first panel. Um, the second panel, or actually, I guess that was the second panel, um, with the second panel actually being the third panel. Um, <laughs> and the the title of the second panel, which is actually the third panel, is A Living, Breathing World. And in that, they talked about, um, you know, kind of like the, 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 uni- the larger universe. They talked about... Um, how we're going to get around. They sort of broke down uh, quantum travel, you know, intersolar system travel. Uh, they said that that could take you about eight to ten minutes to get across an average size system. They talked about uh, jump gate travel and how it's relatively quick, but depending upon the size of your ship, getting from A to B can take one more or um, a few jumps, one more or 
one, a few, or many jumps. Um, I, I, I read real good. Um, and then uh, they talked about uh, the difference between traversing a mapped and an unmapped wormhole. And I thought this was kind of interesting because what they said is that there's going to be like visual clues inside the mapped wormhole that kind of let you know what's coming up. Um, but it's not going to be where you just go up to the jump gate, hit a button, and then it sucks you through to the other side. You're okay. actually you're still going to have to pilot. And the unmapped one uh, is just not going to have those clues. So you have to really be on top of your, your piloting in order to get it done. Now, you know, how, how good the clues are, um, you know, in the mapped version... Um, will probably be dependent upon how um, how good the mapping run, the initial mapping run was, and how difficult the uh, the wormhole itself is. But um, I thought that that was, you know, that was kind of cool that it's not going to be a situation where uh, you get to go on autopilot. It's still going to require some skill. So Yeah. Yeah. And then they talked a little bit about um, what happens when you fail a jump, if you, if you come out of uh, a wormhole, if you go through one of the sides. And that depended upon how far you'd actually gotten on the trip. So if you got like, you know, um, 90% of the way through um, and uh, missed a turn and went through the side of the thing, you would, you know, you would have made roughly 90% of the journey. Um, Mm -hmm. But that there will be damage to your ship. What they didn't say is um, how, if at all, it's possible to get back into the wormhole. Or at that point, do you have to do quantum travel uh, the rest of the way, or do quantum travel to find uh, the next jump point access. So, um, Well, my question is, um, I think they've talked about having taxis. Um, okay. And if it's an NPC taxi, uh, I wonder if there's a chance that if they have to go through a jump, uh, if there's a chance that they could fail. You know, that's interesting. I mean, I wonder, and I've heard it said before, that depending upon how much you pay the NPC, um, there there will be a relationship between how much you pay or how much they command in salary mm-hmm. um, and their level of skill. So if you try to, you know, get off with a cheap uh, taxi driver, you know, it could be a 50-50 chance that you come blasting out the side of the wormhole somewhere along the way, you know? So there will be... Yellow taxi drivers and Uber drivers. Yes, right. And then like town cars, you know, for, for yeah. fancy fancy gentlemen like uh-huh. you and I. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and like, and then the other example they, they gave was like, you know, that if you only made it 10, 10% of the way through the wormhole before uh, crashing out, that you would only, you know, like if your, if your journey was 100 light years and you failed at the 10% point, then you would, you would fail like 10 light years from where you started so oh that's not too bad well i guess you know i, I don't know if, if uh quantum quantum travel is going to be well because you think about it if if our solar system is an average size and it takes eight to ten minutes with a quantum drive to get across that um because you know from pluto to the sun is is still light seconds right it's not light it's not light, certainly not light years. It's light minutes, maybe. Um, so if you're, it's, anyway, point being, if you have to travel 10 light years and all you have is a quantum drive, um, I think you're, you're hurting pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so anyway, but that's going to happen. 
that's going to happen to somebody. You know, might even happen to us. Um, so there's going to have to be something in the game to uh, uh, to deal with that. Maybe, maybe what they would do. Well, I don't know. They send somebody to come get you, but then if that person doesn't have access to the wormhole, hmm, I don't know. Questions, John? More questions. Um, then they talked about uh, the uh, the HUD uh, proof of concept, or a HUD proof of concept, and it was just kind of like with the map prototype that we saw in the uh, year-end presentation from Turbulent, you know, kind of similar to the uh, Elite Dangerous uh, Galaxy Map uh, utility, although with some more detail uh, uh, relative to uh, uh, what's available on the different planets. Um, they talked about modular building sets, which I think I mentioned before, which uh, is how they're going to, um, uh, I think they're going to uh, do the dynamic generation on stuff, because they talked about how the first time through that they're designing these things, um, it's a lot more labor intensive on their side, but then in subsequent um, uh, city designs, they have those blocks to work with, and then they sort of apply a, a layer of, uh, of um, frosting on top of that, and they're able to sort of customize the different uh, locations, um, uh, you know, uh, how they want it to be. They, they mentioned a couple of different architectural styles, and so they will build stuff, you know, um, uh, subject to these different styles and that uh, one way that they thought about making things look a little bit more real is to sort of mix architectural styles and I think the example of a, an earth city that they gave was Seattle that in some areas you have very old buildings next to very new buildings and how that kind of makes it feel more alive yeah okay um, and they talked about the planets are that the planets are not static; that they're going to evolve over time. Um, that you know their economy, their politics, their war, disease, weather, seasons, time of day—all these things will contribute to how the planet looks each time that you visit. Um, and then, relative to the economy, they talked again about player characters only being ten percent of the total population, and that uh, though. We will affect the economy. It's going to be very difficult for us to like corner the market on anything. So it's unlikely that a an organization or a group of organizations would be able to corner the market on you know any particular mineral. They would be able to impact local prices, but they wouldn't be able to like you know corner a market and uh, hold the rest of the universe ransom. I uh -huh. guess. Um, and so that was pretty much the end of the second panel, which was actually the third panel, and the <laughs> third panel, which was actually the fourth panel, the fourth and final panel. I think they, they had so many panels because um, PAX limited the panel length to like 60 minutes. Yeah, they were all about an hour each. Yeah, know? and I think I think some people were complaining about that. I think that that's, goes for every single panel this year. Oh. Well, they were they were definitely saying, hey, if you had a question that didn't get answered, because they, they tried to have a Q&A at the end of every uh, panel, I think, and uh, they were saying, they said on a couple of occasions, if you had a question that didn't get answered, uh, bring it to the next panel and we'll try to answer it then or, you know, write it down and we'll collect them from you and then maybe answer them on 10 for the chairman or something yeah. like that. Well, I listened to the uh, Giant Bomb podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh they had a panel at PAX this year. And uh, -huh. uh they were limited to an hour and their podcast usually runs around 3 hours long every week. 
and wow. <laughs> I can imagine how uh, kind of cramped they felt with uh, only one hour for their panel. Wow. Yeah, I, and it's like, and those guys, I've listened, I know you suggested them to me, and I listened to um, a couple of their shows, and it's, it's kind of like, it takes them an hour to start to actually get into anything. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very cool. I like it. It's, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's like hanging out at the game store. You know, you're just, you know, you know, shooting the breeze with your buddies and talking about the stuff that you think is cool. So, yeah. Which is what we're trying to do here, too. So. Yeah. Um, so you better so watch out, panel. Giant Bomb. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> we're we're at an hour and thirty or an hour and twenty six minutes now, so we're, we're halfway there. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's so the final panel, panel number three. Uh, they talked about getting social. So again, they were talking about uh, you know the multiplayer hangers and you know how the contact lists are going to work in your Moby Glass now. So um, it's not going to be something that just exists on the exterior website and then gets populated in the game. It's actually going to be in the game itself, and you'll be able to manage it uh, from you know from the, a really cool interface that floats above your wrist. Um, so looking forward to that. They talked about the chat. This is where they talked about the chat um, and talked about um, the Planetside Arc Corp, the Planetside environment uh, for exploration, shopping. And the SimPod in your hangar, which is your integrated uh, arena commander and FPS lobby. Um, and oh, they, they mentioned they said that uh, in the first iteration, I guess that's going to be in version 1.1, that there will be some NPCs. Um, that they're not. I don't know if if we're going to be able to interact with them, um, but that they will be wandering around and doing some simple stuff. So it'll be kind of cool to see what the NPCs are going to look like. Um, and as I mentioned, they're going to be able to uh, go visit each other in our hangars. Um, and then uh, they, they sort of talked again about uh, how contacts are different from friends and how uh, you don't have to worry about uh, ending up being a friend with somebody you don't like unless you actually agreed to, to do it in the first place. Um, and then they they talked about the uh, faster than light voice comms. I'm getting, look, I'm getting close to the end, John. I can feel it coming here. <laughs> Um, um, I just have one thing to say about NPCs. I really hope that they make the NPCs smart because a lot of games, they do a great job with like with the acting and stuff for NPCs. Uh-huh. Um, but one thing they don't do is they don't make the NPC react to what you're doing really hardly ever. And yeah. one thing I like to do is when an NPC is like, spitting uh lines at me and stuff um and and typically npcs at least in newer games they kind of move their head to look at you uh-huh um i like to like just walk back and forth and walk around the npc and their their head you know just like constantly follows you and i've never experienced this i mean no game does this i want the npc to say what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted to say, dude, I'm talking to you. Pay attention. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's, and we, I know we've talked about it before, but, you know, um, uh, Siri, you know, I mean, what if NPCs could have a level of, um, of interactability that we have with Siri? Yeah. You know? so, so, you know, given the context of where we meet them, you know, we, we could say... You know, and, and the detail that they're paying to voice comms in the game, why not be able to talk to an NPC and say, hey, um, I need some place that I can buy a, an illegal gun. And the NPC will either say, you know, um, uh, 
uh, I'm an off-duty cop and I don't want to be bothered with you. Either go away or I'm going to have to call someone to, to haul you in. Or they say, um, how much is it worth to you? Or something like, like that, you know? Yeah, so, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, because... I mean, because otherwise, you know, if, you know, we've both played other games where you right-click on an NPC and then you get, like, a context menu where mm-hmm. you get to ask from a, a, a pre-selected uh, set of questions uh, or select from a, a, pre, uh, a predetermined set of questions. Um, so, you know, with... Um, and, they and you know, they've talked about the, uh, you know, sort of putting... Uh, voice attack functionality into the game too where you could give your ship voice commands so why not be able to give voice commands to NPCs Um, because the worst thing is you know that they could always default to something like you know well I don't know what you're talking about stop wasting my time but anyway well I'm surprised that hasn't been a stretch goal I mean they've been running out of stuff to put in there kind of recently Uh, you'd think they would that would be a good one yeah, well, and, you know, I did say that this was the, the final panel, and I lied, because they had a Games Ideas forum afterwards, where the the, the way they kind of uh, set it up was that it was your chance as one of the audience participants to give your elevator pitch for something to include in the game. And nobody mentioned anything like that, which is really, really interesting. Um, well, it's, it's an idea that has never really been implemented in a game. Like, there have been games that have voice commands. Like, I think it was Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary for the Xbox 360, like, let you, say, throw a grenade or something, and it would throw a grenade. Oh, okay. Um, So they put that kind of stuff in games, but never on the level of Siri, where it's like you can speak uh, a sentence, and it'll understand what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, it seems like that's the sort of thing, um, you know, as well as we know Chris, you know, and we do know him really well by this point. Um, that seems like the kind of thing that he would really like, you know. Yeah. So, so maybe uh, further down the road. And they did make that distinction. They said, you know, especially in the, uh, in the, uh, the fifth and final um, uh, panel, they said, you know, uh, a lot of this stuff that, you know, we've thought about and it's going to come in the game, but it's way down the road. Which, you know, is sort of like for the person that's asking for it and wants it today, you know, it's like, aw. But then for those of us who had never thought of it before, I go, hey, you know, that's very cool that they're already, they're brainstorming about stuff to be implementing five years from now, you know. So yeah. That's um, very exciting to me. <laughs> um, and let's see. So I lost my place here. Uh, then they had um, at the end of this uh, panel, well, they talked a little bit about uh, the PTU and how the PTU... Um, is actually an instance, or the, um, um, no, I think, you know what, I think, I think I made a mistake. I think that what they were actually talking about here was not the PTU, they were talking about your friend's hangers. And so that when you invite me to your hangar, I'm not actually going to your hangar. An instance of your hangar is created and we both are put into it which I thought was uh, was a pretty trippy way to think about it. And what they did say was that this methodology for dealing with um, um, folks coming together is um, has really is going to tie into how instancing happens in the persistent universe further on down the road. So uh, but you know that's that requires thinking in four-dimensional space, which I have a really hard time doing. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, I know. Um, so then they had a little bit of a Q&A at the end of that. Um, they did say that looting would be allowed, um, but um, if you... Uh, if you're like in a in a battle, like so, if you have a legal kill on somebody, you can you can keep whatever is left over, um, but that uh, you um, have to do so before the instance disappears, because once the instance is gone, then then the loot disappears with it, um, and that we are um, uh, that as far as instance, because somebody asked about instancing, and would you be able to choose which instance you get placed into and I think what the person was actually asking is like hey can I play with my friends and they said no you don't get to choose your instance that's all you know uh, dynamically selected by the servers and you know load balancing and all that kind of stuff but that you will get to play with your friends and so when you select to play with your friends you will get to end up in their instance but that if you so I guess then kind of the potential downside is that if a group of friends you know um, you're playing with a group of friends and a, another group of your friends uh, uh, who would like to all be playing together, but if they don't make that arrangement to play together, they could actually be in the same bar but not be able to see each other. But Well, I think the idea is if somebody's in your contact list and they are in the same area as you, that they would be instanced together first. Um, right. And uh, probably that would work for friends of friends also. So it would probably instance people that you probably know mm-hmm. based on your friends list and your friends' friends list. And then if it couldn't find any of those people, it would put random people in. You see, now you're you're way off in like six dimensions now. You see, uh, I'm I, probably just pulling this from like when they were talking about the mega server for uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online because I uh, think they did that same thing. Yeah. So I well I, I think I think the that they're trying to cut down on on instances <laughs> where you, know, you and I are on voice comms and I say hey I'm at uh, Dumpers Depot and you say hey I'm at Dumpers Depot too and I said well I don't see you here you know mm-hmm. so as long as we're both on the same uh, the same team or in the same friends group they're probably trying to minimize the the times that that happens yeah I doubt I doubt that's possible. Especially if you're using comms in game, I'm sure you'd have to be on their contact list anyway. Right, right. So like, if you're a, if you're a contact, if you're a friend, if you're in the same organization, if you're on the same comm group, same alliance. Yeah, you would have to think that all of those things, having all those things in common, that they would use that to try to put you in the same instance. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just don't. I just want to say the word "instance" a bunch more because it's starting to sound <laughs> funny. And you know how when you say a word and it starts to sound funny, how much fun that is. Yeah. Instance, 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 instance. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, and uh, <laughs> this was pretty cool. Somebody uh, asked if they could sabotage. If they were an explorer, could they hack their own data and sabotage it and then sell it to somebody? <laughs> 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 and they really liked the idea, but they said, uh, "No, not yet." <laughs> Um, and then finally, the final final uh, forum. They these were the elevator pitches, and uh, there were there were a couple of fun ones, a couple of that I really liked. Um, there was uh, a guy that said, "Hey, you know, um, I like the idea of that when my character dies, that I have an inheritor, and that you know, so we sort of have this sort of family lineage that develops over time. And what about having portraits, you know, so that 
you know, when I'm, you know, a few years from now, when I'm on my third or fourth character, you know, I can have pictures of my grandfather or my great-grandfather, you know, and that we can keep track of, you know, their great um, accomplishments, you know, if, uh, like, if you in your mining, you know, you create a mining empire and say that, you know, a couple generations from now, your grandchildren are still running this empire in the boardroom, is there going to be a picture of your first character as, you know, like the founding member? And, um, and what they said is that's a great idea, and uh, we're, we're certainly going to have that information saved off in the game, so um, maybe that will happen. Um, <laughs> then this one guy, he was really funny. He was talking, he says, I want higher fidelity in fish tanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to agree with him. My fish tank is pretty, it doesn't have any fish. It still doesn't have any fish. So how, how, how hi-fi is that? Not. <laughs> um but uh, he said, you know, like, I want a saltwater tank, I want a freshwater tank. And uh, the panel immediately, like, just all stood up in unison and said, no, go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, somebody asked about having multiple packages um, and said, you know, if I, have, um, if I have multiple packages, can I have my extra characters uh, play with me as NPCs? And they said yes, which I didn't actually realize. And I have two packages, so that means that I will be able to... Um, uh, have my other character when I'm not playing them actually like you know be a part of my crew which I think is kind of cool um, and they said that you're, you can play any of your characters uh, yourself or um, I can have so let's, let's say that I'm, um, I'm in my redeemer and it's me and my other character as an NPC and then I've got a couple of other NPCs to round it out and we're going someplace and you log on and you say hey you know I'm, I, I don't really have anything to do can I come join you um, then you'll be able to come in and take the place of one of my NPCs oh wow um, so I thought that that was, and then, you know, while you're doing that, the rate of pay that I'm paying that NPC, you'll actually get that money. So, um, that's, um, I think that that's pretty cool. So anyway, there's the, the idea is that you, um, if you have extra packages, you have that versatility. You can, you can control the NPC or you can have a friend sub in and play that NPC for you. Or, or if you want, you know, if you want to have like, kind of like my idea is I want to have two hangers. Uh, very far apart from one another and be able to, um, you know, like on, on days that, I, you know, kind of get, um, you know, played out doing, uh, say, bounty hunting. And then I have another, my other NPC or my other character uh, is more of an explorer type. Then I can go and log in there and go do that for, you know, a couple of days. So. so does this mean you won't be able to have a second tune without having a second game package? I don't think that that's what that means. I think that you will be able to purchase additional character slots, but that if you have a additional game package already, that with that package comes the character slot. Okay, so only one per package for without buying a second slot or something. Right, and I I remember the price being like ten or fifteen bucks for an additional character slot. Maybe it was okay. like ten ten bucks. Um, I mean, you don't want to have it so cheap that you know, like somebody buys. You know, if you make them a dollar a piece, somebody buys. You know, essentially, you know, buys their own army. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just assumed that each game package would have a few characters for free. I think it's just one. Okay. 
I think it's just that's fine. I mean, I'm not. I think that's fine. Um, I I would like to have my main character and then like a pirate character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd be fine with you know, ten fifteen bucks to get a second character. Or you know when you uh, when you buy the Orion, uh, buy the Orion package. Yeah. You know, because you'll get not only will you get a second character, you also you know usually with the packages you get five, five or ten thousand UEC, uh-huh. and you know you get some insurance, you get like you know posters and digital maps and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So. Um. And uh, let's see. So we went over the mapping data. Oh, that was um, uh, the elevator pitches. And so um, somebody asked if they and I, and I have I only once did I play Shadow of Mortar on a friend's PS4, and I just played it for a little bit because it's like a button masher, and, and I'm not that good at button mashers. Uh, but uh, somebody asked about the uh, something like the Nemesis system in Shadow of Mortar. Have you played Shadow of Mortar? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it has a system where um, you um, play named NPCs, um, and well, I've when- seen some. I've heard people talk about it, and I think the way it works is there is there are certain orcs in the game, um, uh-huh. or, or chiefs, orc chiefs, uh-huh. um, that you can kill, uh, and then. There's like a whole hierarchy of who's in charge, um, and once you kill that person, then another guy becomes the chief, and he might come back to kill you, or you might try to kill somebody, they live and get mm-hmm. away, and uh-huh. then later in the game, they come back and try to kill you again. Right. Uh, but they've gotten stronger. Right. So in Star Citizen, say you're a bounty hunter and you take out a pirate. His older brother may come looking for you. Yeah, I okay. like this. Yeah, so they and you know the person asked this, and everyone on the panel again stood up all all in unison and said, "Yes, we are already working on it." Uh-huh. So, so, well, something that. similar to this that I heard uh, the I think Diablo three on consoles, uh-huh. or maybe it was just with the new DLC or something. Uh-huh. Um, a certain enemy. Could, could kill you um, and then that enemy lives and moves to one of your friend's games and on the enemy's name tag it'll say uh, was killed the only Jonto um, wow. or the only Jonto's nemesis or something and then you would try to kill it um, wow. and you would get extra XP or something but, but yeah it would like move across the games because it was still alive that is very cool. Yeah. Well, it, we're going to get it. Um, so, or it's a, a system uh, similar to it. And the same guy that asked asked this really cool question that got everybody excited uh, said he would also like strip clubs and casinos, please. <laughs> and, and he got no response to that. So I wonder if they can put casinos in a rated T game. Huh. Uh... Well, I'm, I'm trying to think. Gambling, the only game I've played recently that had gambling in it was Borderlands. Um, uh, so, and that's M, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not real gambling, but I wonder if the idea of gambling is not allowed in T. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a few years since I've uh, 
been a T. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't had to worry about that. Um, and uh, then finally somebody asked, uh, said, hey, what about, you know, we got these cool, you know, laser weapons and, you know, we've, the Easter egg laser pistol. What about some old school type weapons like a, you know, like a Colt 45 or a Glock 9? And, uh, and uh, I forget who the guy was moderating the panel, but he's somebody, he's, he hasn't been with the, the, the team since the beginning, but I think he's uh, 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 one of the leaders of the design uh, group. And he said, I like that idea and I'm going to make it happen. So, um, so I, they're, they're probably going to be pretty much useless. Well, no, you think about it. I mean, because lasers against uh, shields, ballistic against armor. So um, Yeah, but um, they're so old. Like a thousand years of innovation in weapons, even the ballistic weapons will be like ridiculously better than these weapons that were created, you know, like a hundred years ago. Dude, I want I want my dirty hairy forty four. <laughs> I, I want mean, my f- I do too. But I feel lucky punk gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you've seen that movie. I have seen that movie. Excellent. Okay, so I don't feel as far from T as I as I did a few minutes ago. No, I mean <laughs> one of my favorite movies is uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, Ooh, which is from no, the forties. So no stinking badges. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, that's the end of PAX. I, I promise this time, no more. Um, and it, so it was fun. And God, you know, I've I've never actually been to a con like that or to a, a thing like that. I, I would like to go sometime. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Um, there were um, uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of guys just like uh, just like us there. So uh, yeah. didn't see many gals, but there were a lot of guys, and they were all wearing goofy t-shirts and they all had really big grins on their faces and so you know i think it, we'll have to we'll have to some year plan a uh, those guys with ships field trip yeah actually uh katie wolf was there oh really yeah who's that <laughs> oh no katie wolf oh oh caleb yeah oh oh, oh i thought she was kt as in no like, katie perry wasn't she at the <laughs> super bowl yeah she's that fireworks chick right uh-huh um, no, was he really? Wow. Yeah, he was there for, uh, you know, the Daisy stuff. Oh, okay. Okay, and um, is he playing the uh, H1Z1? I think he is. Okay. Okay, Excellent. Yeah, oh, that, that, that reminds me. Um, uh, who was it? Somebody's playing H1Z1. Mm-hmm. It is... Zygin. Oh, he's, okay. uh, he's in the Heroes Tavern forums. He was uh, wondering if anybody was is playing H1Z1. I haven't jumped in yet. Um, I have DayZ, but uh, H1Z1 looks pretty interesting. So It's getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, getting, yeah, it is, because somehow it's like already at the same level of polish of DayZ, even though it just launched in Alpha, I think, yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it's actually developed by Sony. Right. It's not coming to the PlayStation 4. <laughs> well, it's um it's like isn't Daisy still like one guy? I don't think it's one guy. Mm. I think it's a team. Okay. It's it's uh Bohemia Interactive, which does the Arma games and uh Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I think the 
the team for Daisy specifically might be not as many people. Uh, I think the original mod was one one guy, and then he went start work started working for for Bohemia Interactive. Oh, was uh, it was it a mod on the Arma engine? Yeah, it was. Really? Wow! I man, I I'm a little smarter. Wow. Yeah, the original Did not know that. the original mod was for Arma Two. Okay. And then they just said that they're gonna make it standalone, and I thought it was kind of crazy that that was happening but well what's crazy is that is how many people love that a game that broke i yeah i am astounded it's continually the top game on steam like it's the best-selling game for like two years and it's it's not it's not a bad game like i can understand why people like it um but it's 90% running simulator and 10% like killing zombies and fighting off bandits. Yeah. And even when it's that, there's so many people, like there's a bunch of hackers on there and there's a bunch of just like people you don't want to play with. Like they just they're not fun, but but I can understand why people like it. So it's the guys that are so bad that they can't even get into the uh, griefer instance on GTA Five. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a neighborhood you want to go into after dark. <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, um, uh, well, I hope you had a good time, and I, I would like to go. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so then, next up, uh, we had uh, the design document on the Moby Glass, and there's a note from the chairman. I guess we're not doing um, letters from the chairman anymore when we uh, pass these uh, funding, these stretch goals. Um, so there's a note from the chairman, which is introducing uh, the, this concept of the deep design doc as uh, the new stretch goal reward. And uh, there is so much information in this. Uh, you should definitely go check it out. Um, I heard um, uh, the guys on Star Signal this morning say it was a bit dry, and I will confess I have not read it word for word. Um, I kind of read it like I, I read, you know, lots of things. I look at the pretty pictures and just kind of go, ooh. TLDR. Um, yeah. <laughs> TLDR? Uh-huh. What's that? <laughs> Too long, didn't read. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Well, that that was pretty much my my college experience. Um, so um, uh, anyway, uh, if you can bring that link up, John, there are a couple of pictures, and I highly encourage uh, you uh, playing the those guys with ships uh, home game uh, to uh, to go check it out too. Um, but oh it, yeah, I did the same thing with this. Yeah, it's but the, but it is. I think. Based on what I did see, um, it's it's worth a read. So I might go through this. Yeah, later. it's but it shows what the Moby Glass is going to look like and, and uh, the augmented reality. So, um, uh, like, there's one slide here where you're in an area and it will show you. It will scan everyone in the area and tell you who they are. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like this one guy is a guard. Another guy, there's no information about him. Um, uh, it shows, it gives an example of how you're going to be able to uh, arm your ship. Um, you know, I guess you'll be able to purchase um, weapons for your ship, but then you'll also be able to configure your ship uh, using the Moby Glass 
uh, instead of the hollow table, so which is something I'm looking forward to. Um, and then they talk about the um, the uh, specs for it, um, how it's actually, which is why it's just like my head immediately began spinning. Um, I don't know if you've got it up, but uh, image seven of sixteen, uh, it shows like a schematic breakdown of the components of the Moby Glass. It's like wow. Um, uh, it's like I every time I even get near a soldering iron, I burn myself. So it's like I can't I can't even look at that. <laughs> and um, uh, and then uh, 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 definitely a very cool thing, and I think something that you're going to get. It's uh, the Moby Glass Exo Glass, which if you were a backer before the forty-two million dollar mark, and I know that you were, yeah, uh, because I just missed it. Um, you get this um, this exo glass, which um, I think is like it is installed in your hangar. Um, I don't know. We'll have to you have to read up on it to 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 find out exactly what it does. But um, it's um, it's uh, every player back before forty two million started the game. Uh, which can be used to access the Observist at any time. So I think the Observist is like some sort of uh, information nexus or something. So um, it's it, anyway, it's a cool thing, and you get it, and I don't. Color me jelly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and then so there's anyway there's a bunch of uh, uh, cool stuff in here. It gives an example of uh, of shopping the augmented reality sh- shopping at Dumpers Depot. Um, and uh, and on and on and on and on and it's if you're if you're a nerd for this kind of uh, documentation like the stuff that you get in uh, Jump Point the Jump Point magazine uh, you're just going to be you know clear your calendar you're going to be spending an afternoon with this puppy um, oh yeah it says here at the uh, you're gonna we're gonna be able to configure or I guess rearrange our hangers using the Moby Glass oh here's the one uh, I'm sorry I'm jumping around it's the antihistamines. Um, <laughs> Uh, you're going to be able to um, manage your um, missions with the Moby Glass. And it gives an example of um, of a mission you might get going after pirates, um, which uh, appeals to me. And uh, so the title of it is Rescue the Ship Buddy. And I guess Buddy is the name. Would you name your ship Buddy? I, I, why would you name your ship Buddy? It sounds more like a dog's name. It is a dog's name. Um <laughs> It's, I mean, it's a constellation. It, it's a constellation, and they've named it Buddy. I mean, if you name your constellation Buddy, you should have your ship taken away from you. All right, never mind. I'm not doing this mission. These guys deserve whatever happens to them. Um, but anyway, it, uh, that's how you can um, uh, access or, or get more missions. And what I heard on Star Signal this morning, um, uh, and I believe that they did read this in more in depth, is that you are going to be able to configure your Moby Glass, or there will be different variations of the Moby Glass dependent upon the role you want to play. And so, kind of tying back to that um, uh, uh, schematic, that exploding schematic uh, uh, visual, um, you would change like a, a circuit board or a circuit module if you wanted to um, get uh, bounty hunter missions, or if you wanted to get medic missions, or something like that. It would be like... Um, you would either, it would either be actual uh, hardware or firmware or perhaps even like a different app. So maybe you can f- configure it with different apps. But they did say that it will actually f- physically look different depending upon the, the primary role of, of, uh, of your character. So 
anyway, check that out. It's a very cool uh, um, thing. It makes me very excited for um, this game, which um, hasn't really been a problem for quite a long time, but this just makes it even better. Um, so, um, around the verse episode 29, uh, there was a, um, uh, a cool thing at the end, uh, uh, the art sneak peek this week was, um, a, uh, little snippet of video showing hull damage and, uh, what appears to be how we're going to cut into hulls for, for boarding, or we won't be because we're nice guys, but if you were a bad guy, um, how you would be doing that. So um, if, you, uh, if you're interested in that, go check out the last uh, couple minutes of uh, episode 29 of Around the Verse. Um, ben Lesnick did, in that episode, also interview the co-founder and vice chairman of CIG, uh, which is Ortwin Freyermuth. Um, and I, uh, I've, I saw him, I didn't know who he was, but I, I saw him at the, uh, the year-end wrap-up. He was just sort of hanging out in the conference room when they were all, you know, saying their, uh, their season's greetings, um, etc. And um, he's an interesting fellow. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's an attorney. Um, he's, uh, he's like a, uh, an entertainment attorney. I guess he, he worked with Chris on Wing Commander. He also had something to do with um, one of the uh, uh, versions of Das Boot. Have you, have you seen that movie? The one about no. the, the submarine guys? Uh, that's it's pretty dramatic. It's a dramatic movie, but anyway, interesting guy. If you're at all interested in you know like you know some of the the guys the behind the scenes guys, I mean he's he's uh, he's a different kind of nerd. Uh, but I would if you're if that sounds appealing at all, um, give that a. It was kind of funny because Ben's a different kind of nerd than this guy, and is like and so Ben was like trying to interview this guy that you know is like sort of like a Donald Trump guy. I mean, you know, sort of that caliber of, of brain, you know? Uh-huh. And um, and so Ben's like, so um, what exactly do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, which was pretty funny. But the guy, you know, was, was you know, was quick on the uptake and, you know, uh, and did a, a pretty good job of, uh, of uh, uh, explicating himself. Um, so let's quickly move on to 10 for the Chairman, episode 51. Uh, that came out last week, and uh, uh, subscriber Drum asked if we would be able to hack and release information drones. And I think I mentioned earlier tonight that the information drones, I think, are those things that are hanging out right outside the jump gates. And what Chris said is, yeah, that that's going to be part of the role of the information runner. So, uh Tandemonium was going, is going to be um, one of our guys with ships is going to be happy about his uh, most recent purchase because uh, that's going to allow him to do that. Um, he said that that ship and that role is going to be you know the, the spy guy, the secret agent type profession thing, and that they are actively designing things for um, uh, that role in the game or for playing that sort of role in the game. Uh, another subscriber, and I don't know how the hell you pronounce this, is E-O-I. There's too many vowels there. There's, I need a consonant. It's Vanna, only vowels. Vanna, can I buy a consonant, please? Um, uh, Telemanar. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this person And then asked, there's not enough vowels in the second name. I know. Uh, <laughs> Well, anyway, this person asked if the uh, Starfarer or the Carrick are going to be hangar-ready in 2015, and Chris said yes, that the Starfarer is a part of Squadron 42, and um, 
uh, kind of what I took away from this was because my ears were were uh, were listening for stuff about uh, will stuff fit in my hanger, and um, when I hear hanger ready, I hear it will fit in the hanger, <laughs> you know, because it, if it's not going to fit in the hanger, how can it be hanger ready? So yeah. anyway, um, the Starfare will fit in the hanger. It's ninety meters long, um, uh, so. Um, the Retaliator is only 70 meters. Uh, I believe your Constellation is 60 meters. Is that right, John? 59. 59, okay. And uh, But the good news for you is that the Orion is only 80 meters long. So um, your Orion will fit in your hangar. That is my, that is my uh, prediction. Most likely, yeah. Yes, excellent. All right, Mr. Other, Mr. Everything asked, will jump point travel be single file or several at a time? Which I thought was a, an interesting question given, you know, that, um, you know, in the demo that we saw last week, I mean, it's not a big space. And so are you going single file through that? I mean, if the guy in front of you, like, slows down or stops, does that, you know, can that screw you up? And uh, what Chris said is that they hadn't uh, really thought about it, that... Um, uh, it's an interesting question, um, but that uh, depending upon the size of the wormhole and or the size of your ship, uh, that all of these things are going to make a difference. And so, um, you know, I, I just think it's an interesting idea that if you are able to go through more than one at a time or if you're able to go through, to start through before the person that went in before you gets to the other side, is there a potential for you actually crashing into them, you know, so... Anyway, I guess we'll, we'll uh, all to be determined. Um, Inspiration asked, will capital ship shields extend around docked ships? Um, so like if I'm delivering something um, in, um, in one of my smaller ships, will I be able to um, uh, get protection from the larger ship's uh, shielding? And Chris said no, that that's actually, um, uh, so that's actually gonna be a, a danger for the smaller ships and, I, and kind of how I, or what I took from that was that um, at places where there's going to be a lot of this sort of um, uh, you know cargo transference uh, that you're going to have a need for security so you will need you know you're going to need while you're transferring uh, um, uh, you know ore or finished refined product out of your Orion um, I'm going to need to stand guard in my Redeemer uh, while um, somebody else is loading up their ship uh, to take it to market so. uh-huh. Anyway, just seeing gameplay possibilities in that. And then Chaplain asked, will pilots have the ability to lock bulkheads and pressurize or depressurize compartments uh, to defend against borders? So like if somebody uses that, uh, that hull cutter that we saw in, at the end of uh, Reverse the Verse episode 29 um, and is able to get into your ship, um, can you depressurize that compartment to like blow them out or... Um, uh, something like that, and they said, "Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be something we're going to do." Yeah, so that's and so I'm, I'm guessing you would have like a schematic, you know, on the bridge that would show, you know, like if you have a whole breach, you would like it would flash red and go, you know, yeah, you know, and um, you know, so potentially it could be like, uh, didn't that happen in uh, Into Darkness? We were talking about that last time. Wasn't there like a whole breach and like certain sections just got sucked out into space? Uh oh, that's Star Trek. Okay, I was right, trying right. to remember what Into Darkness was. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, does that happen? I can't remember. I thought when uh, when what's your name's dad uh, showed up with the uh, 
with the the, the biggest baddest Enterprise or no it wasn't yeah. the, what, what was that ship called it wasn't the Enterprise I can't remember um, but it, it was, was cool the big and I, black ship well you know and we need we need one more concept sale <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I'm all over that thing. what if they could make a deal with whatever the Star Trek company and put the Enterprise in Star Citizen I wonder if, you know, like, uh, if Abrams is, like, giving uh, Chris a call and saying, you know, hey, I got this Star Wars trilogy coming out. Uh, what do you think about... <laughs> the Death the, Star uh, in there? Yeah, we got a little little cross-marketing pollination stuff yeah, here. Yeah, why not? Know? Yeah. I think, you know, I don't think Chris would do it. I don't think he would. I think, I think he's got his vision and he wants it to be his. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, let, let's hope. Yeah. Um, so then, fo- of course, following Reverse or Around the Verse, episode 29, we have Reverse the Verse, episode 32, right? It's like somewhere those got out of sync. But anyway, that's 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 the one that that's the the latter that goes with the former. So anyway, um, in Reverse the Verse, episode 22, we found out that the Orion is, in fact, the next concept sale up. So that should be soon. Uh, the Carrick should be car- hangar ready in 2015. Uh, the Xi'an Scout development is far along, in quotes. No date on that, but uh, that makes me excited because I, I definitely want to see that in my hangar. Um, the Retaliator is almost hangar ready. Woohoo! Um, conversion to 64-bit has hit some snags. Uh, they're continuing to work on it, but um, we might not get those uh, larger maps um, as soon as we had um, perhaps hoped. So... Um, I know that they've been working. Uh, they they brought over one of the guys, at least one of the guys from CryEngine to to work on it. So um, apparently they've run into some problems there. Um, the Reclaimer won't be out until after Arena Commander 2.0 is released. Um, so sorry, Andre, we're not going to be able to to, to play that uh, um, as soon as we had perhaps hoped. And the Starfare is very close to being hangar and flight ready. Um, so I'm not sure by flight ready. I'm not really sure if they mean that it's going to be flyable, like you're going to be able to fly it in Arena Commander, or if it's going to be um, a um, a prop within Arena Commander. Um, so it's kind of um, kind of hard to. Uh, it, it wasn't clear anyway. Um, and then uh, this coming Friday, the sixth, uh, the custom ship skins go on sale. And I had not heard of these before, um, but they did they did mention them uh, a little bit in one of the panels um, at PAX South. And apparently, Aurora skins are going to be up first. But this this has something to do with I think uh, like customizable paint jobs that we're going to they're going to provide us with this utility at some point. But well, right didn't now, didn't they have? They said something about in the first panel or. Technically, the second panel. They said something about uh, gray cat skins. Yes, those are available now. Okay, you have to buy those. I believe so. Let me take a look out here at the pledge store. But I thought those were available now. Because for some reason, I was I was watching that, and for some reason, I thought they said. Later, I was thinking about it, and I thought they said that if you have a gray cat, that you could. There were two skins available for you already or for free or something, but maybe I was just making that up in my head because I wanted to change my skin. <laughs> well, John, um, you know, good news for you. Uh, you can change your skin. I think you can, I think it works now. Let me click, click on the more info. 
Um, is it I wonder, free? If it, I wonder if it's applicable, but there are two skins available in the uh, uh, Voyager Direct store. Oh, okay. There are, I think there are two. There's Rifle Green, All-Terrain Camouflage Forest. Oh, gosh, there, there's lots more than just two. Oh. There's a bunch, so... Okay, well, so they must have been showing two new ones. By, um... Well, I know at the, um... At the panel, when they showed the Grey Cat skins, they said that uh, all the, the attendees at the, um... At the con uh, would get a, a, a coupon for that in their swag oh, bag. Oh, that's what I thought. Uh, that okay. must have been what I was thinking of. Okay. Um, but they are available in uh, Voyager Direct for 5,000 UEC, or as we like to call them, five American dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so that's, um, we're going to get this functionality to be able to create our own skins for our own ships. Um, but, you know, uh, this first pass, they're creating uh, options for us to reskin our cats. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, oh so, boy! Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know I don't I don't do this on purpose. It just happens to me. <laughs> um, and uh, then speaking of sim pods, uh, Sandy Gartner uh, posted one of her um, uh, sneak peek uh, video capture things or pick video or sneak peek pics where she goes around apparently in the development uh, area there and just like leans over people's shoulders and takes pictures with her phone. <laughs> But anyway, she posts that stuff on, on Facebook, and if you want to see it, all you have to do is just follow us on Twitter, because every time something like this comes out, I retweet it. But you should because follow Sandy also. You should follow Sandy also. <laughs> Pretty much. She just posted um, the Dominator missile. Oh, did she really? Yeah. Whoa. It's the most recent one. It's pretty um, cool. Well, yeah, but uh, James Pugh posted a bunch of, like, canned goods. Oh, isn't James Pugh great? He is pretty cool. <laughs> and, and Hamburger Helper. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I. you know what? I like Sandy better. <laughs> um, uh, and so that, oh my God, is, is, is it? <laughs> um. <laughs> What have you been playing, John? I know that there was something you were going to share with us about what you've been playing. Uh, I just I jumped into uh, Star Citizen. We we played last week. Yes. Um, and I felt like so many things were wrong with my game. Like yeah. my Mustang was really messed up. And I think mm -hmm. I covered it last week, but the top of my ship was like doubled and it was like on the bottom of it at, at the same time it was really messed up um on top of that when i would fire uh the heating uh cool down thing would not go down um yeah. so i would overheat my weapons completely and they would never cool down uh so my guns were pretty much useless after a few seconds of firing uh and then I tried to put my gimbal on for my front uh, lasers. Uh, it didn't stick. Tried to put the rockets on. Didn't stick. Couldn't use any of those in-game. Uh, so just a bunch of stuff was messed up. Uh, so I I completely deleted all my files, like I said earlier. Um, 
downloaded everything again, which was like 28 gigabytes. Woo! Um, and it seems like everything is working perfectly now. Uh, so yeah, I jumped in and I played some Vandal Swarm. Uh, I'm liking the Mustang. Uh, it was kind of a process to get it to the Delta. I had to do like five different upgrades. Um, and I think from beta to Delta cost me like 25 bucks. Uh, yeah, that would make sense because I think from Alpha to Delta is 35 and isn't it yeah. 10 from Alpha to Beta? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. Cool. Cool. Uh, other than that, I don't think I've played like anything else this week. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was pretty I played a little bit of Gran Turismo 6 on the oh. PlayStation 3. Oh, okay. So, right. uh yeah. That's cool. pretty much it. Cool. Well, I I've been playing mostly Arena Commander, and if it's just in uh, in uh, uh, the Drone Sim Vandal Swarm or um, uh, on uh, uh, in private matches with uh, you and Tam Demonium, um, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Except for um, Friday, I think I've mentioned before on Friday nights uh, we have game night here at uh, at House Gleep, and uh, so. Uh, that's uh, when I usually play with my um, Nvidia Shield, and so I'm still I'm still fighting through Half Life Two, and all I have to say is I hate gunships. Jesus, trying to trying to take those things out with that guided laser weapon is just it's ridiculous. I wish so. I knew what you were talking about. Uh, you you've, oh, you never finished it. That's right. No, huh? I really need to play it. Oh man. It's um, it's very frustrating, very frustrating. Um, and uh, I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos which show how to do it, and I just for whatever reason can't make it work. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at the Google Store and, and find me uh, something else to play for a little bit until uh, War Thunder comes out. But I will I will finish Half Life Two again just because you know it's that awesome of a game. Uh-huh. Um, and that is about it. Um, we are at, uh, two hours and 16 minutes. So I think we have filled our quota. Yeah. Uh, I, you should, you guys should write in and tell us if you like the longer format or yeah. if you want us to stay at an hour cause we can condense the show. We can make it, uh, we can't make it longer. We could make <laughs> it longer, but I don't know if we have time for that. <laughs> well, you know, there's a, a lot of stuff to talk about, so I mean, I suppose we could bust it up into into shorter segments. Yeah, but, um, it might be, you know, given and I think that this is sort of an atypical time, just because we had um, the um, uh, the BAFTA and um, uh, what else was there that happened? Um, uh, we've had we've had a number of events all happen, yeah. sort of back Packs. to back to back. With yeah, with a bunch of uh, of content and stuff to discuss. So, and they they've said that they want they're planning on ramping things up this year. So yeah, um, you so know. maybe we'll have to start doing two shows per week. Ah, it it could be, it could be, <laughs> or you know, listen to half, put it on pause, you know, go about your life, and then come back to us. We'll be here for you. Yeah, <laughs> we're always here for you. We are always here for you. <laughs> 
And I am Gleep, and you can find me in the Those Guys with Ships Star Citizen organization. I'm on the forums. I am also on Heroes Tavern. I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Steam. So check the show notes. Uh, We'll provide a link in there to a um, a posting of this episode's show notes um, on Heroes Tavern. And um, how to spell my name is, is listed in there, too. You can find me at the only Janto on Twitter and Steam and RSI, where you can add me as a contact. I would really like it if you did. Um, I've I actually went through and added everyone through from the org. Good, uh, good deal. Yeah. So um, then you can find the show at theversecast at gmail dot com and at versecast on Twitter, uh, where you can contact us about. Anything you want, you know, if you have questions, concerns, you want to tell us that you like the show, that you hate the show, whatever you have to say, just, uh, um, as long as you, as long as you can say it in under what, 180 characters or less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you can, you need to join our organization like right now because we're going to be the best around no one's ever going to bring us down. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, we are those guys. We are those guys with ships. We are. <laughs> um, we are. You can find, it, find us at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. Uh, come join us at heroestavern.com where we have a Minecraft server. Uh, we play all kinds of games. We got forums. Uh, we have a voice server, uh, mm-hmm. which I am working on expanding the capacity so that we can accommodate everyone. Absolutely. Um, and some other interesting stuff that I am also working on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's HeroesTavern.com. Uh, please review us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Just uh, I think I think you need the iTunes client to review us. Um, I- I think that's right, yeah, and it's. Um, I think you also need the client in order to actually view all the comments because I I could only view the top three listed. Well, I actually found there's actually a website called Podbay that automatically aggregates like every podcast in the world, um, oh. and I actually found all the reviews on there. Oh, uh, so you can see them from there. But I think to actually write a review, you have to have. I think you could do it from an iPhone or iPad also. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, if you're on PC or Android, uh, if you took the time to download iTunes and give us a review, we would really appreciate it. <laughs> please. Um, please do. Yeah, so uh, just search for Versecast on iTunes. Leave us a review. That would be awesome. All right. Well, um and then we're planning on coming out Sunday night. We will send out a, a tweet when we're uh, when we're getting going. Uh, so do uh, do sign up in all the places we talked about and uh, look for that. And we look forward to seeing you out there. And until next time, we will see you in the verse. See you later. <laughs>